Hey there, fellow watchers. It's that time of the week again, Born to Watch. Forever the 80s has laid claim to be the best decade of all time. For those of us that lived it, it's hard to argue. Born to Watch was forged out of a love for 80s movies, and tonight we cover what could be the most quintessential of all 80s movies, The Breakfast Club. With a cast full of 80s icons and written directed by Mr. 80s himself, John Hughes, at the time, this was the It movie. But how does it stand up in 2023? We're about to get a Saturday detention at Sherman High, and who better to spend a whole day in the library with than Dan on the land? How are you, mate? Oh, good to be back, Matthew. Feels like it's been forever. You know, I like to go and hide out on the land and not think too much about this creative passion of yours. But uh, oh. I'm back. <laughs> and... Uh, Thank you for inviting me back to a movie at least I know some something about. So we often talk about the famed four movies that I used to have at Woodwood Street, and this was definitely one of the four. Fuck you, Damo. And that's so, four's getting thick. I do. Uh, I do. I hadn't, hadn't seen it in a while, but I uh, definitely was pretty much able to recite it verbatim. Now, joining us tonight, back for a second stint, is the work experience kid, Will. How are you? Hello, everybody. Hello, fellow watchers. Yes, it's Will, the work experience kid. He's back in the house. Uh, it's not even a house. It's a tiny little room. Matt hangs out in here by himself most of the time. It smells a lot. It does because yep. he chooses not to wear too many clothes when he's by himself. That's it. But I am honoured to be back. I feel like uh, the biggest hurdle I had to climb over was Dan and uh, give him a reach around at the same time. And uh, well, anyway, we got through that. I, I wasn't so aware that Will the, Will the Worky and Plumber Lickouts were one and the same. So, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of your work. Uh, Will the Worky, mate. yes. I, I don't know if listeners realise, but I don't listen to this fucking thing. But I did choose to, <laughs> a few weeks back, just to check out some of the new talent. And, yeah, mightily impressed. Mightily impressed what's happening Thanks, out there mate. with the, I, uh, the younger generation. Yes, yeah, side bullshit is as good as any other bullshitter in this room, that's for sure. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, maybe even a little bit better. Maybe even a little bit better. <laughs> well, look, now it's time to, uh, to I guess, as what Dan says, uh, make it all about me and my creative uh, vision. So shut up, you two, and okay. uh, let's talk about the overs and unders. 1985, this movie came out, smack bang in the middle of the 80s. I, gr I think it's the greatest decade of all time. It's hard to argue. 38 years old, though, I hadn't seen this movie for a long time. Yeah, well, I haven't. Ever seen it. Okay, well, we'll get... Okay, so we're going to set it at 25, and you are going to be well under then. Yep. I am... Uh, I'm going to be right there at the beginning. Uh, I've seen it 1.35 times. <laughs> that 3.5, that's just me just doing mini little recaps okay. all day today to try and jog me memory yep. from yesterday. Fair enough. So your demo numbers, so we're not missing... We're not missing our demo. Now, Dan, I reckon you introduced me to The Breakfast Club. I think you thought you were a bit of a bender. I, it's funny you say that. So, I mean, to answer your your initial question, I'm way over 25. But yeah. I was struck by, obviously, it deals with, with five stereotypes, you could say, that yeah, uh, archetypes that were used. But, yeah, I, I it was hard for me to really choose who I was in the film. <laughs> because if I look at all of them, I mean, I'm kind of the rebel. Like, you know, I kind of, I'm kind of a bit bender, but then 
I was the sporty kid too, so I'm kind of Andrew, but I, I was also the hot chick. Like, I was, and also, you know, the, that, that that super cute hot hot chick bloke. Um, so I, I don't know that I was the weirdo, and uh, I don't think anyone would would ever accuse me of being the nerd. So yeah, I reckon look, three out of five though, you could accuse me of being at any one time. Well, you're sixty percent of the club. That's just about you, isn't it? That's it. That's generally, it. but generally, yeah, I've I've seen it heaps. I I haven't watched it in a long time, but was pleasantly surprised that my pickled brain was able to anticipate what all of the characters were going to say before they said it. So it's uh, it definitely holds holds a place in my pickled heart. You did introduce me to this, as you said. This is one of the four, which is now slowly becoming about thirty. It's a bit like your top ten movie list and your top four. And uh, look, watch it at your place. Haven't seen a lot. I'm well under. I'd be under ten on well, the that's top, which is this, this might be all time the most underwatched movie by me. Is I, I never really got on the Breakfast Club train, and I don't know why. I just probably maybe because Dan really liked it a lot, and I, and I knew way back. I, I was ahead of the time. I knew Dan sucked back in the eighties, so like. I can't I disagree with that hypothesis, <laughs> but what I guess what what struck me as interesting in that remark, though, I thought you would have been swept up in like the second, third, fourth, fifth wave of it. You are a noted late adopter, but that's not what I meant. I mean, having worked back in the video store, I thought your colleagues, young, much younger colleagues, yeah. would have embraced it, and it would have had a, a second, third, fourth, fifth wind that you it, would have you would have caught. I did. It did. It did have it. It did have that win. It was in the recommended section of the video shop, yeah, no yeah, doubt. You never was... threw it on on a Saturday night when all the kids stopped eating your no, free popcorn. Yeah, I took that. I took that time to put stuff on that I really wanted to watch on a Saturday night. Yeah, I don't know. I, for some reason, there were just other movies. You know, when it just it seemed to slip through the cracks. Like it's eighty five. Eighty five is a banging year. Like there's Back to the Future. Yeah. There's a shit ton of content. Yeah, and, there's and a big bunch it just, of movies. It sort of fell through the cracks for me. Interesting. Were there, were there other teen movies, though, that you're just going back to the video store? Other yeah. teen movies from that period that your colleagues gravitated toward? I'm just thinking there was a, uh, so, a mate, whole I, lot of younger guys and girls that worked there and they, they picked up on they, there was a bit of an 80s vibe there for a while in, in Avalon. What, it was between what about. years? Between what years did you have control of this empire? Uh, I had the video shop from about 2007. Early, uh, late 2007 through to about, I uh, moved up here eight years ago. So what's that? 2015? So 2014. To, yeah, to the end, towards the end of 2014. About eight years. And so the, the kids that you had working in there generally were about... Kids say, raged from 14 to 40. Okay. And look, for me, the, the movie that really strikes me is the one that I would think of as being the most watched teen movie would be 10 things i hate about yeah i was about to yeah, say that. yeah, yeah that's yeah, the yeah. one that everyone wanted, and that's the one i hated the most just and purely just because everyone else loved it yeah and julia styles has that face oh she's got a slappable face yeah it's pretty man i didn't i never i don't know i didn't ever understood the appeal yeah she just had that i was not disappointed in the born ultimatum when she ultimately dies <laughs> let's just say that Bit of unfinished I, I'm going to disagree with both of you fuckwits. I don't mind that 10 things I hate <laughs> I about you. Like it. I know you like it's, it. It's one of, I guess, uh, we've talked a bit about guilty pleasures. I reckon, I don't know that I gravitate towards it enough to be called a guilty pleasure, but if it's on, I'll I'll, I'll hang around and watch it a bit. So, and obviously, R.I.P. 
the great Heath Ledger, yeah, who uh, breakout performance by him. Yeah, now you say course. Now you're licking him out. No, I, I got no dramas with Heath Ledger. I think funny, he's saying anything about good. how Heath. I think the movie's not good. And we're going to get to the guilty pleasure uh, episode, Dan. So I nearly got one tick. Can I, just, can I just stay on 10 things for one second? I was I actually tried to watch Oppenheimer last night. Oh, yes. My, my first go at it. So have you seen that, Will? Yeah, I have. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, man, I, have, I got halfway through. It was pretty dense. So I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the half I did. But I all I remember is that he's, one of his sci- scientist mate is actually the little fat kid from Tetons yes. I Hate About You who's also in The Deuce. Yeah, uh, yes. a, a name escapes me, but yeah, he, he pops he's up a in very, random he's, places. He's a very key character, in fact, in Oppenheimer. A very key gotcha. Character. Okay, I'm only halfway yeah. through, so don't spoil yeah. it. I don't, no, I won't I spoil don't, it. No, mate, I, the bomb. They they set off. I don't think bomb. the bomb's going to go off. They I set off a big bomb, right? Okay. It's going to be like a Tarantino <laughs> flick, yeah. and he's going to. Oh change. yeah, if you in case you're wondering, <laughs> in case you're wondering, Dan, all the research works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's listen to the Breakfast Club trailer. It is now 7.06. You have exactly eight hours and 54 minutes to ponder the error of your ways. Any questions? Yeah. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? A brain, a beauty, a jock, a rebel, and a recluse. Can't believe this is really happening to me. Before this day is over, they'll break the rules. <laughs> Cheek, can I hold this book? That would lead. Bear their souls. I'm a nymphomaniac. Are your parents aware of this? Take some chances. Being bad feels pretty good, huh? And touch each other in a way they never dreamed possible. Why'd you do that? Because I knew you wouldn't. The Breakfast Club. They only met once. I don't want to be alone any part. You don't have to. But it changed their lives forever. I consider you guys my friend. I'm not wrong, am I? Universal Pictures presents Emilio Estevez, Paul Gleason, Anthony Michael Hall, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwall, and Ali Sheedy in a John Hughes film. Why do you mean someone asked me? Because you're letting me. The Breakfast Plug. Now, generally, people, we fly into a synopsis here, but because Gao is not with us, we're going something different. If you don't understand what happened in The Breakfast Club from the trailer, be better. Critical thinking. Wait, you just replaced gal with like four words. Yep. Yeah. That's it. And it flowed really nicely. Just be better. <laughs> just be just, better. You can't work out what just went on. Yeah. Be better. Yeah. yeah. Be better. <laughs> okay. Critical thinking. <laughs> the Breakfast Club. IMDb has this rated 7.8 out of 10. It's got a bigger rating than uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. All right. Wild. Certified fresh 89% on the tomato meter with a 92% audience score. So it's universally loved. Okay. We've got a couple reviews here and the world has gone topsy-turvy because our good mate Wayne Kerr of the Chicago Reader, old Davy boy, he's a good review for a change. John Hughes's 1985 film, seems meant to explain 80s youngsters to yesterday's youth and comes to the comforting conclusion that they're just as alienated, idealistic, and vulnerable as the baby boomers of the 1960s. Oh, Davey. Dave. Davey. Any way to get a boomer call in there? Yeah, 100%. He still is. 
fundamentally a spiteful prick. Yeah, he is. He certainly is. There's nothing super positive. Even when he's trying to be positive, like, you know, give it a little rap, he's still throwing the knife into someone else. He is. He's, he's, he'd be a shit to be married to. Once a cur, always a cur, right? That's it. That's it. So it's interesting. Some, but so most of the character, most of the actors in the film would be Gen X, but there are a couple of leftover boomers too. So you'll yeah. probably get into it, but old Johnny Bender, he doesn't look 18 because he's fucking not. So the bad review, Paul Atanasio of the Washington Post, taking place almost entirely in one room, The Breakfast Club is kind of a movie and the kind of play that's hardly seen anymore and good riddance. Wow. Yeah, that's, yeah that, that's that's spiteful. Yeah, and it's also economy of words. It is. That makes it even more, like, you know, poignant. Point, yeah, it's really pointed, isn't it's, it? I can't even be fucked at giving this any more yeah, That's right. Nah. It's almost just like, just be better. Yeah. yeah. You don't understand uh, the that, trailer. That, just that be was, better. That was the more intelligent version of what you said about the trailer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was incredible. Okay. Well done, gentlemen. Ordinary people. Uh, again, one of Gao's categories that slipped into my wheelhouse. Let's see how much quicker we can do this. Judd Nelson Bender, Mr. John Bender, Bender by name, Bender by nature. 85 really gets started with the Breakfast Club and St. Elmo's Fire, and he is a key component of the Brat Pack. Now, funnily enough, though, for someone who was such a key member of the Brat Pack, does fuck all for really the rest of his career. 91, he's in New Jack City. But his peak is really 85. And from then on, he's a jobber. So he doesn't do a heap. Mm. There was a, there a lot of personality issues there. I think yeah. pretty much everyone associated uh, in the back room and, uh, and a, a affiliated technical staff thought he was a fuckwit. So I don't think that helped his job prospects post St. Elmo's Fire or, or with this, but. Yeah. It didn't just join formants. Do we, we we we'll probably circle back to that. But yeah. yeah. He's he's uh yeah, it is that's a good way to put it down. It is an interesting performance. Uh okay. Molly Ringwald as Claire, the uh the uppity uh snob. Yeah. Uh set starts in seventy nine and eighty with two of our favourites, different strokes and facts of life. Now that's a one two punch to get your career off with. Uh, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them on. There you have the facts alive. Yeah, I was waiting the for the facts that. alive. <laughs> That's it. Oh, but Alan Thick at his oh, best, mate. He's uh, fucking. To the, he's so. He's well, so. What's good. your favourite '80s theme song, TV theme song? This is because this is not a natural oh, space for you either. So, no, is there any not. that really no? Is there, yeah, is there, there any is. up? Yeah, um, it's the one that ends with Sha la la la. That's Family Ties. <laughs> That's family. So, yeah. What would we do, baby? baby? Yeah, we're without us. Good <laughs> choice, Will. Yeah, yeah good choice. one. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, so Molly Ringwald is the, the she is the eighties darling, right? She really is. 84, 16 Candles, eighty five Breakfast Club, eighty six Pretty in Pink. All John Hughes. He was she was his muse. Uh, actually, had to move on from her because it was getting a bit too Ringwaldish. Right. But uh, she she was an absolute mega star in through that run she was probably the biggest she was the, she was the dream girl like it, and it's yeah. fair to say that that her style is perhaps not the dream girl in movies today so she's no. more of the manic manic pixie dream girl i guess you 
your um, the the actress from Almost Famous, Zoe Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, oh, yeah. like the 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 yeah, almost bit, like yeah. yeah, they're completely hot, but given enough relatability that you think you might be able to pull her that yeah. sort of Matic Pixie Dream Girl. But yeah, that's more where I would pigeonhole Miss Ringwald rather than the out and out quintessential hot chick. Uh, yeah, like I agree. It's not a it's, not an absolute ten. Like no, oh, there be, seems to be a prerequisite for today's stardom. Like exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She probably wouldn't is... make it today. Nah, no, nah, I don't reckon. Like it's it's funny looking back at eighties um, movies and just seeing how kind of generally unkempt people look in comparison to, to today. Yeah, where completely. everything is like filtered out to a molecular level for sure. Where like. Back in the day, back in the eighties, stars still look like people. Yeah, people. Yeah. Like yeah, if you were a half attractive guy in your year at school, you could possibly have been in home and away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you were like Well Damo. Damo's a good example. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had a crack. He had a crack. Milkshake man too. Yeah, apparently he was a world class milkshake sipper. You yeah. Tuck it and blow it like yeah. no one you've seen. Now, but Dan, 94, she stars in probably what I probably liken her more to now, which is the miniseries of The Stand. Yeah, Stephen our King. favorite. She plays uh, Frenny Goldsmith. Uh, yeah. And it's that I've watched, I just watched that again recently, probably a month ago. It's really, really good. So much better than the, the, the trash that we got last year. I was so was shattered with yeah. what they served up on Amazon with. Oh, I quite God. like uh, Skarsgård. I, I quite like him as an actor. Yeah. And yeah. he's a dish. He's another one that would they wouldn't have known what to have done with him back in the eighties. He was way no. too too handsome. No, he would have broken. Saying that back he to my room, like, scene. he would have. And I don't want to uh, merely stay with the cheeks, but uh, Judd Nelson. I mean, he's not a heartthrob looking no, dude. He's not so at Chris all. Emsworth, Emilio Estevez is the boy next door. I mean, as is Anthony Michael. Anthony Hall. Michael it was just yeah. a a different way to cast films and, and who's to say it was better or worse. I, I probably think it's better, but I would yeah, think what, so. what we yeah. were saying, it's a, it's the, the flawless humans is all we're served up now. But, on, but uh, it, on it's screen. quite, it's quite funny though, because within that Brat Pack, you've still got your Demi Moore, your Rob Lowe, who are quintessentially beautiful yeah. humans, right? Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, two of the most beautiful people yeah. Yeah. created. Yeah. And he's yeah. in Rob Lowe now. Space. But he's still unbelievable. Still smoking. Yeah, I've got to say he's got an incredible podcast, Rob Lowe. Yeah, right. It is. He's really clever. Yeah, I had heard that one. So yeah, good. yeah. Uh, incredible. He's yeah another because he uh, was a bad boy. Veteran. He was. He used to be right into everything. Everything. And that, all right. his guests bring it up. Like, oh, I remember you back in '88 at the <laughs> at yeah, the shadow. He of, did a really good on. podcast with um Bert Kreischer recently, yeah. oh. like about. Month and a half, two months ago, it was really good. Yeah, he's like, he was on fire. Yeah, Rob Lowe's great. Yeah, Rob Lowe's great. But in this movie, no place for Rob Lowe. It's there's no, no there's no real no, place for Rob. No, Lowe. no natural. It's really well cast. I'm gonna say it's really well cast. Yeah, because it's movie. gritty. It is kind of gritty, sort of. But it's all the as more as you said, Dan. All the archetypes. It's just really quite well cast. Mm. We get to the next one. Uh, Emilio Estevez slash Sheen, uh, Martin Sheen's son, Charlie Sheen's brother. Kept his, uh, kept his dad's uh, birth name. Uh, 83, he stars in The Outsiders with with that whole list of people. Swayze, Cruz, Lowe, Marchio, uh, C. Thomas Howell, Matt Dillon, Diane Lane. The S.E. Uh, S- Hinton uh, novel adapted that everyone read at school. It's a great movie still today. Really, really good. But 
what a way to start with that one. Then he he he's got the eighty five double with Breakfast Club and San Elmo's Fire as well, mm. which are which are there's two of them in this movie with that. Uh, eighty eight obviously stars in Young Guns as as Billy the Kid, which no, is a was an added. That's Real my was, earliest memory. Yeah, what I was going to say that was that that's on your radar. Yeah, yeah, I used to watch Young Guns with the brothers again. Mate, yeah, it's nice. A fucking cracking what, Blue Diamond. Very films. watchable. Yeah, 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 very watchable. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. And obviously then in the sequel that where uh, John Bon Jovi tried to break my heart, me thinking that <laughs> he'd uh, broke the band up yeah. for his solo <laughs> going. Yeah, he was playing you, mate. Mate, he was. He was playing me. And then uh, and then 92 stars as Gordon Bombay and the Mighty Ducks. Yes. And then he's seen, yeah, he's done heaps of movies, but he's he's another jobber. A lot of credits in the IMDb, a lot of credits. He's, he's good in this movie. He's, I don't know, he's probably the one that, apart from Bender who annoys me, he might annoy me the most. Right. But, okay. But well, I'm I particularly sure. disliked his monologue when they're sitting around feeling sorry for themselves. Yes. Yeah. His was his was my least favourite of yes. the revisit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. One of the it girls, Ali Sheedy, uh, who plays uh, Ali in mm-hmm. the movie, the, the creepy sort of uh, gothy weirdo yeah. who comes out of a shell and suddenly becomes normal when she gets a bit of makeup on. Started in the in the very early eighties with Hill Street Blues and St. Elsewhere. Two crackers, Hill Street Blues probably in the top five themes of all time. Uh St. Elsewhere's where Denzel Washington Cuddy Stripes. Eighty three War Games with Matthew Broderick. Saw it at the movies. Great movie. Really, really good. Do you want to play a game? That's it. Yeah. Uh eighty five, she's in the she's in the Breakfast Club Sonomo's Fire Double. And eighty six short circuit. Now that's a run. Mm. And uh she she always plays that sort of a bit girl next doorish. She's not again not quintessentially beautiful. Yeah, but you know she she looks she looked pretty good at the end there. Yeah, she did. She looked pretty good at the start. I thought she was yeah, excited yeah. when she was a, a freak. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Right. She's way more interesting. Way more interesting. Yeah, way more interesting. Okay, then we move on to uh, Anthony Michael Hall, who we talked about a couple of weeks ago on uh, in '83 for Vacation. Another this guy and. Uh, I got it. I reckon this guy's had the best career out of all these guys. Yeah. All right. So you got eighty three vacation, eighty four sixteen candles, eighty five weird science. Which if you if you if you've not watched it lately, go back and watch it. It's a movie that could never ever 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 be made again. Kelly Kelly ever LeBrock. be made again. Kelly LeBrock. Oh God, so mate, it, it, incredible. Why she married Steven Seagal? I got no idea. Oh. Do you remember in Hard to Kill? Remember in Hard to Kill when he's in the coma and she looks under the sheet at the size of his dick? Can we we you we yet to do we yet to do a Seagull movie? Oh, oh, just about the same. We are criminals. We are yet to do a Seagull movie. I'm just gonna devote half an hour. Dan, when are you devoting oh, half an hour? Nico, Nico above the law. Oh my God, we need to go back there. We've we got to, I reckon what we do, we just do a Seagull rewatch okay. and just go. Mm. He's, the first five movies are genius. Are, Absolutely are genius. excellent, excellent action movies. Yeah, yep. Eminently rewatchable, as as good as anything in the eighties. Yeah, they're yep. fucking good. But my God, I, th- I think he's no, no, no. uh, comes into play in, okay. in post movie number five. Now I've got to say, one of the best things I've ever seen in my entire life, Steven Seagal, Lawman. <laughs> it's a TV show. It is a TV show. He is a marshal in real life in his hometown. Yeah, I was about to say. And yes. oh my god! And it's like he's it's got bits of him playing in his band. No, it is. It is. Oh, he shreds. Shreds. Twenty. The last twenty years, 
have been the wildest ride of egotistical self-indulgence I've ever seen. Have you seen the footage of him with some absolute dictator from a borderline third world country eating the carrot in the black suit with the ponytail? Mate. It is is peak, and I mean peak pop culture moment. It is the most, he is is a ridiculous human being. He's a ridiculous guy. That is a good, it can't be said better than that. He's a ridiculous a great movie. country though, where you can actually be a volunteer marshal and go and <sighs> strap on a gun and just play a cop on. And then, no, no, that, and no, no, that, he's, he's, he's teaching all the other guys like firearms training oh, and self-defense so. training. Mate, awesome. we, we need to do, oh. we, next year we're going to do a Steven Seagal lawman review. Yeah, it is love it. incredible TV. Yeah, I, mean, I don't mind if you guys just do a biography of Steven Seagal. <laughs> in, in, like, just start from the start and just take us on the Steven Seagal month. Seagal month. Oh, that would <laughs> probably probably dip the ratings a little heavily, but I'm here for it. <laughs> There's about six people. There's about six people that love it. Oh. Sick now, Anthony Michael Hall has had had a career revival on TV. He was in uh, from 02 to 07. He's in the Dead Zones for 81 Eps. That's a, a dap- adaptation of the Stephen King novel which was a movie in the 80s with christopher walken and it's it's great as well uh a guy with telekinesis or whatever and he can it's really really good should definitely watch that uh but i think he's probably had the best career out of everyone personally last and and uh but definitely not least could almost steal the show when the movie is paul gleason as uh, as vernon the principal one credit stands out he's in the movie for about 11 well nine minutes screen time if that 1988 die hard Dwayne T. Robinson. <laughs> he's the captain. He's the captain of the of the police. And, mate, he's fucking hilarious. I think they're shooting at the lights. <laughs> but, and, and look, I forgot. And I hadn't seen this for so long. I truly like Vernon. And, you, again, he, you could never have a teacher like that. He is belittling and bullying and threatening. And he's just a general cock. Yeah, he's... He's menacing, to be honest. Yeah. He walks in there and just, like, I get it. You're working on a Saturday and not oh, just yeah. a couple of hours. Yeah. Eight hours and 36 minutes or something, he declares, that these yeah. guys are going to sit there for. Yeah. Who, what principle goes in on a Saturday? Oh, fuck that. No wonder he's flawed, flawed system, that's for sure. Yeah. All right. Now, the budget of, of Breakfast Club, $1 million. Estimated box office of $52 million worldwide. It's a pretty hefty return. Pretty good. Yeah. 52 times. Yeah. That's almost a plumber's oh, marker. Well that's that. He's a plumber's marker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, it won the 2005 MTV Silver Bucket of Excellence. <laughs> what wow. you Yeah. Yeah. See what I did there? I feel like, I feel like Snoop Dogg handed that out. Yeah. I, I reckon he did. I reckon he was stoned <laughs> when he did it. <laughs> well done, gentlemen. We'll go into 1985. Hit sleeper and dud uh wilbur you got anything for hit yes i do i've got two but i'm only going to give one okay. but I'll, give a, I'll put one in parentheses we can do that all right excellent that's brackets for all you idiots out there okay. <laughs> f-wits for all you f-wits all right my hit and it's only because of the mems okay and i know you guys are poo-pooed already on this show but it's the goonies <laughs> yeah i what? absolutely loved that movie oh, yeah, that's it's, good i like that you like it I, I still, I will still stop and watch it if I catch it, if it's on or whatever. It happens to be on TV maybe once every five years, but I'll stop. There's so much goodness in that movie. And it's a, I, it's yeah. a sweet movie. It is. It's, it's, and it's 
look, you know what? I reckon in our first 15 or 20 episodes, we're finding our feet. Yeah. We were. And we were probably a little harsh on some movies that we didn't need to be. Oh, yeah. And you had to find your footing we had to in the find, industry. We did. We had to and find our footing. We had to make a statement. Yes. Yeah. yeah you're not going to be toppled over by sentiment alone. We are not. We are not. No. So I get it. But uh, I, my big brother, Garth, uh, he used to make me do the truffle shuffle at the bottom of the truffle. <laughs> I, uh, I was a heavy set kid at the time. That's and, uh, yeah. And yeah, just, you know, yelling out like, uh, the, oh, whatever he is that, um, baby Ruth guy, you know? Yeah. The, yeah. And does he ever even have a name? Baby <laughs> Ruth. Yeah. That guy. Oh man. It's just good memories. But I don't know. I won't take it unless you guys have got it as well, but I'll mention, I'll, I'll jump on the back of someone in my brackets. I've got back to the future because yeah, of course it's just a, you know. Cannot go without saying it's almost a flawless it's, movie. It, yeah, almost a flawless movie. Yeah, and again, anytime it's on, you stop and you give it your time. Absolutely, because Absolutely. you, yeah, no, really, two brilliant movies from that year. Well played, Daniel. Hit. Yeah, good, uh, good call there, Wilbur. I have gone a little bit different, but a very a movie that I'm very fond of, starring Roger Moore, Roger Moore, and Christopher Walken. Yes, a beautiful kill. So. <laughs> Bond from 1985. So Bond gets derided in the 80s. It's not really known as the sweet spot for Bond until Timothy Dalton and Piers Brosnan came in and tried to harden him up a bit and then obviously into the uh, the, the most recent iterations, which have been very well received. But I remember A View to a Kill very fondly. Grace Jones, super hot. Uh, Alison Doody, very long, uh, young Alison Doody. Now, yes. I actually saw it down at Wilson's Promontory, which is the southernmost point of the Australian mainland, on an outdoor movie screen at a campground down there. I was there with uh, my friend Andrew Mulcahy and his family, and we went and watched it and, uh, yeah, loved it. And whenever it's on, I'll uh, I'll go back to a couple of scenes in there. I love the skiing scene at the start. And it's, uh, yeah, just a a Bond movie that I would always go back to, and especially some of the ones are fairly uh, tepid. (laughs) But uh, I did very much enjoy this one. And... And a great Duran Duran theme song. Of course. And, and yeah, with Bond yeah. films, obviously, the, the, the Broccoli's put a lot of steed into who's going to be singing the theme song. And yeah, Duran Duran, 1985. You don't get more 1985 than Duran Duran. So they will hit a home run, I believe. Incredible lyrics. To a kill. Yeah, in, incredible, incredible lyrics. Uh, meeting you with a view to a kill. Face to face in secret places, feel the chill. <laughs> Mate, it's so good. Mate, he's so good, Simon Le Bon. He can make that shit sound yeah. good when he Absolutely. stretches out. He does. He's killing it even does. now. Apparently, oh, he is. He, Mate, he's getting around like a leopard yeah. on stage. <laughs> I have a Duran Duran story, just as an aside. I, I worked at the V Festival many years ago. Uh, when that was coming around Australia, and Duran Duran were one of the the bands there, and the production manager who I knew well got off the phone and said, "I just had fucking Duran Duran's manager on the phone asking where their fucking private jet was," and I just said, "Listen, cunt, it's not 1989. Get on the commercial flights that I've sent you." Yeah, hundred percent. They were uh, they were still trying it on, but they they did an excellent performance. So. Uh, Overwhelmed by Queens in the Stone Age, in my humble opinion, at that particular festival. Okay, so my hit for 1985, Clint Eastwood's Pale Rider. Is that, so you say hit? Yes. You're giving that a hit. I'm giving Pale Rider a hit. Wow. I love the late 
Eastwood Westerns. And when I say late, I mean like from the 70s on, like uh, Josie Wales, Pal Ryder. You know, they're all great. They're really, really good. So this one, it's the same story every time. Mysterious Preacher protects a humble prospector village from a greedy mining company trying to encroach on their land. Is Love his wife clear. in this one? Uh, she is not. Sandra Locke is not. Sandra so Locke. it's a reasonable movie because she's shocking. Anyway, that's my hit. Uh, Daniel, what do you got up there for Sleeper? For Sleeper, I have gone for a favourite of mine. Uh, Will, I'm going to predict you might not have seen this, but this is Gao and I, one of our favourites. Michael Dudikoff, starring in the first of the series. Known I can as... tell you right now, before you finish that sentence, I haven't seen it, buddy. <laughs> well, you need to get out there and see this. This started off. A just cultural phenomenon known as American Ninja. Oh, this great skill! <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, I've got to—I've actually got to throw a spanner in here. Oh, yeah, have seen absolutely. American Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> you might—you know, mightn't have seen it as many times as Gal. I, and uh, I, 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 I don't know the guy's name. That's all. Yeah, well, he was an eighty. If you were, if you were, because he—he he had no chops, no ninja chops whatsoever. Terrible. Yeah. He was cast in this film, and this was a, a like a video shop staple. I reckon every other week we got this down at Civic at DY to yeah. to get it. Gow definitely stuck his hand up to to grab this one, but yeah, look, I, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I just remember a bit like North Shore last week or the week before. It's just one that I, I'm filled with would nostalgia you that for? about. I probably fucking would. Because it brought me so much happiness. So one of the shittiest uh, ratings of all time. Oh yeah, I got some got some feedback on the line. So yeah, <laughs> you did. There was an an S Nixon from Collaroy who was particularly displeased about the, this discrepancy between that and my rating for Rambo. Go yes. figure. Yes. Ooh, love American Ninja. If you haven't seen any yeah, of them, if we go out and check it out, you will it's laugh and, and enjoy. It's definitely worth it. I'm we have a, I'm jumping on the back of uh, American Ninja. But I'm going uh, an authentic ninja uh, being exposed to an American market for the first time. And that is The Police Story starring Jackie Chan. All right. Yeah. And an absolute rollicking good time, that movie. Yeah. Uh, it's Pete Chan, like just busting himself up constantly all over Hong Kong or wherever he gets about. I don't think I've seen it. To be so adopt is that right? This is uh, yeah, it is, is a, yeah okay. I remember. It. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's uh, what I've written here: real stunts, bad dubbing, just, <laughs> just. But yeah, just a like it, it's just that quintessential eighties because martial art movies like American Ninja and everything else it was just massive in the eighties. Yeah, there was all of these like, and they were on constant rotation in my house. These old like dubbed. Asian um, karate and kung fu movies. My dad fancied himself a bit of a a bit of a kung fu master, <laughs> right? And a bit like Gao. And, yes, and, <laughs> and 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 in hindsight, uh, there is nothing more pathetic than a man swinging nunchucks <laughs> in his own living room. There isn't. It's actually, it's it, it it's the worst. It is. He used to he used to sit in the back and meditate, and he'd get us to throw sticks at him, and he'd have, he'd have his eyes shut, and he'd be trying to block him. Like, and I remember my brother like properly lined him up and put some oomph into one, and just went good off his forehead, and because 
<laughs> because Dad asked for it, he kind of just like opened his eyes it. up. Did yeah. And he just went, good throw. Like that was it. Like he just, it was his own fault. Yeah, oh, but, that's yeah. superb. The kung fu movies really have a, a soft spot in my heart. Yeah, like they do. They just bring back some nostalgia. Yeah. And that that would have been most oh, Western cinema watchers' first taste of Jackie Chan because it did, that, that, I that think was the that first was crossover. The thing that broke him. Yeah, it, it, it broke him to the Western market. That that because it was so absurd. Like oh, it was brilliant. Visibly, you could see he's doing his own stunts, and how's he not dying doing it? Because yeah. everything is absurd. Every one of his... It's a, it's a good 10 years, at least, until there's Rumble in the Bronx, though, right? Until he breaks out in terms of a Hollywood... Actually goes to Hollywood stuff. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But this is like the... This is early. This, this is where they go... This is Hong Kong oh, Yeah, this yeah. is like, what's this? Yeah. Like, yeah, all of a sudden it was like the Western market realised, yeah. oh, there's like another... The only people into him before that was your dad, Gal, and Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> so That's it. it's good. Yeah, then we all jumped on yeah. to the bandwagon. Yeah, very fringe human beings. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well done, well done, Will. Thank uh, you. I love yeah. that story about your dad. My uh, my sleeper, nine eighty five, Clue, starring Tim Curry, Christopher Lloyd, Michael McKean, Colleen Camp, based on the uh, Cluedo game or Clue game. Oh, no kidding! Six yeah, right. guests are anonymous uh, are, are anonymously invited to a strange mansion for dinner, but after their host is killed, they must cooperate with the staff to identify the murderer as the body's pile up. Uh, it's miss, very miss, funny. Miss Money Penny in the library with the candlestick up the that's shit it. up sort of. That's yeah. it. Yes, in the blurter, and uh, but very very funny, very eighties. Uh, John Landis, I'm pretty sure John Landis wrote it, and so it's got that very uh, lampoony sort of feel to it. Very funny. Tim Curry is pretty good in Curry's. Curry's a legend. Uh, Absolutely. Did he pass away recently? Tim Curry. Did uh, I no, say he's, that? He's still going. I think yeah. He's still okay. going. Beg your pardon. Someone yeah, out of moved on to um. Transsexuality. Uh, yeah, no, that's uh, someone out of that film. Rocky Horror did pass away recently. I thought it was him. So sorry oh, really? for death riding you, Tim Curry. But yeah, oh, one of your one of your yet. castmates didn't make it. Not yet. Uh, okay, and dud for the year, Wilbur. What do you got? My dud for the year is, uh, oh man, just just a blatant, dirty, dirty Indiana Jones ripoff, which is King Solomon's Mind. Oh, you know, oh okay. yeah. I, I watched this I watched Richard this Chamberlain? two months ago. Yeah, Richard Chamberlain, Sharon yeah. Stone. Yeah, yeah, the right. only very young Sharon Stone. Yeah. She looks amazing in it. And I watched this a couple months ago. I tried to introduce it to Isabel. God, it's bad. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, it's bad. I remember watching it. And there's also um the next one is Alan Quatermain and the Lost City of Gold. Oh, or something. oh God, yeah. maybe that's the earlier one. And then it's then it's King Solomon's Mind. But they are both so bad. Yeah, and they just like kitschy as well yeah. like the way they kind of they they just take african tribes and just like plaster them around and so just this mysterious race of idiots yes like that's what kind of what they projected as yeah um yeah no it's not good yeah i got close to that one i nearly put that in my one yeah dan what do you got for dud yeah I, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago but the blight on the otherwise incredible run of george miller flicks this one starring a young, angry Anderson. Rest in peace, Tina Turner. Uh, Max is back. Max Rokotansky. But what a shithouse movie. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Considering the how good yeah. the rest of the films are, this is just a blight on what is what should be an incredible just uh, series of films. But yeah, I, look, I couldn't even bring myself to watch this again. I just saw it in the box office and thought, oh, goodness gracious. 
how do you fuck that up? And we've also, Matt and I have been speaking off air, Will, about yeah. the new film Furiosa is is uh, ready to be released next year, early next year, I think. Yeah. Now, yeah. there's been one trailer so far that we've seen, and let's just say we're concerned. Right. There's some deep concerns. Yeah. Look, oh, man. I tell you what, any, there hasn't been that, y- Hollywood or anyone in control of movies mostly gets it wrong when it comes to yeah. doing throwbacks. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's an absolute steaming pile of shit. Um, you look at the Indiana Jones remake, that Dial of Destiny, whatever it is. Not they right. could not, not right, eh? get any of those right, could they? No, and you think, you just, it's, yeah, it's like just the, uh, I don't even know the word for it. It's Marbo, isn't it? It's the visor. <laughs> it is. Vibe. I don't know. It's like I, that's all I could come up with there. I just feel like they lose the vibe of whatever it was, the essence, yeah, the, the real core of what it's of what the movie is. Yeah. I, look, so, I hope we I hope we we're a bit early with our feedback. I hope he brings it back. It was just this trailer was not what I expected. It was is there a little stylistic Australian involved in the direction of it? Yeah, it's still, so it's it's George, George, George Miller. George Miller. So he's still is, yeah. still involved. It just looks like mm. a video game. It, it, the whereas the beauty of Fury Road was that it felt really real. Yeah, there was a. It felt like a lack of CGI, but we knew there was. Yeah, this really feels like it's the opposite way. Yeah, it's a no- man. There's a reliance on it. Yeah, that's yeah. It's annoying because I mean, what I think the greatness of about of Mad Max was, it's a, you know, it's like uh, it's like Midnight All coming out with Diesel and Dust, the album. And essentially, diesel and dust is what makes Mad Max. It's yeah. just that dirt, and it's and it's just desolation. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's my uh, like pop it. culture reference right there. I threw that in. Thought I'd win over a few more people with that. Diesel and dust. Yeah, nice. Listen Good album. Great album. Great Playing album. to the right audience. Now we yeah. definitely have spent a few spent a few uh, shekels on going to see the bald man oh, raise his arms up for Detroit. Can't, uh, can't count the amount of times I saw them. Unbelievable band. Okay, 1985 dud. My one to finish us up. The Howling 2. Ooh. Okay. Okay, it's called, and the subtitle is, My Sister's a Werewolf. <laughs> a man discovers that his sister was a werewolf and helps an investigator track down a gang of monsters through through the United States and Eastern Europe. Now, wow. I've got to say that the original Howling is a really good flick. It's a really, really good horror movie. A uh, really good werewolf movie. It's really nails in this. Yeah. I don't want nobody else. Line. I love you. <laughs> She's lying. Yeah. God. <laughs> Unattractive man. Do we know? This movie is such a tragedy that in comparison to the first one, it's shocking. Yeah. I only watch Howling. Don't watch any others. No. The, the one, the Aussie one, the marsupials isn't bad, but. The, uh, yeah. yeah, the Howling Three that was yeah. that just brought that it back bad. was so over yeah. the top bad. But yeah, Christopher Lee, what were you thinking? I know, I know. All right, well done, gentlemen. Six movies there to watch and uh, three to be avoided. Uh, happy hunting. Question time. All right, so the eighties American high school experience always seems to be a shit show. Mm. How was your high school experience? Now I know a little bit about Dan's. About yours, Will? Was it uh, you know as bad as theirs? Because they all are hating life, all of them. Yeah. Um. I actually, yeah, I had a good think about what would my equivalent be of that group that was in that library. And it's funny 
My, I grew up in, uh, in Narara on the central coast and it was, uh, a state school, like a high school and, uh, pretty healthy Aboriginal population as well. We had some, um, yeah, a good, a good bunch of, uh, Aboriginal mates there as well as, um, housing commission. And then there was a little bit of like middle-class kids as well. And yeah, so it was a good little mix, uh, which, which kind of, it led itself to being, um, it let, well, it was funny. It was, it was not as clear cut like your, your, your groups kind of blended in with each other. Yeah. Like I grew up surfing, but I hung out with like sport kids who would just play footy as well. Some of them surfed, some of them didn't. And I think in Australia, there was never, I think it was pretty typical of most high schools. There's not these super clear cut, like, like Andrew, Andy was a letterman, like he's yeah. a jock. And then there was the, the popular girl and, the, but I, yeah, I don't know. I just found it like it was a bit more of a blended, blended situation where like there was, yeah, kids from various walks of life. But that being said, yeah, there was still a fairly healthy level of contempt for people's parents. Yes. Yeah, there is in this movie. No matter where you come from, even in, in my group, there was... Yeah, like there was plenty of kids who you could tell they weren't real happy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Dan? Anything resembling this? We've Did spoken you? we've spoken many times about you and I growing up in the Badlands of Sydney's northern beaches. <laughs> you know, the uh, it wasn't always the uh, multi multi million dollar suburbs you hear of today. It, back in the day, it was uh, a little more, a little more gritty, a little more grimy. <laughs> I mean. I'm not saying fucking Narrabeen, like we're not. No, please know, don't. But we were just down the road from them, so there was a little bit of spillage onto us. Oh uh, yeah, look, I the school I mentioned before, it's very hard. Like I because I found myself, a bit like adored in a lot of these groups. So the sportos, the jocks, I was, you know, I was obviously revered. Um, He's the, being sincere you know, too. I was, I was this, the hot girl. I was the, him. I was the hot guy, and then. Um, I, there was, I was also a bit of a bad kid, wow. so a bit of a rebel. So I, I didn't find it difficult to find my people at high school because most of them were me and I, I was them, if you understand what I'm saying. So you you basically hung out by yourself. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. Can I? Can I had I everything I needed just by myself. I'm just, I'm just going to type, I'm just going to type into Google Translate now. And I'm going to translate just what Dan said. Yeah. This is my, this is the Google Translate. Yeah. I was none of those people in this movie. Yeah. Okay. I had no, I didn't fit anywhere. So I just felt, I just slipped between the cracks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that was Dan. And, and Dan, Dan said he was, now I get, Dan was reasonable. It's more reasonable. Okay. He borrowed a pair of undies one day to play cricket. Okay. Reasonable. (laughs) Will. Okay. We've been having this argument for 30 years. If they're, if they're in the fucking cellophane, they're not his undies yet, all right? They were just a pair of undies that were from the shop. come out of. That's it. They came out, well, yes, it was in his bedroom and they were in his drawer, but they were in the cellophane. So there were no one to claim them yet. Dan, if they haven't been Dan, around a bull sack, they're no I'm ones. A plumber. Danny, I'm a plumber. If I go through somebody's undie drawer, whose undies are they? There's someone else's. Oh, Here we go. Yes, not I can mine. see your point. So, but no, but thank you, the Will. Cellophane is what. Ch- anyway, so Dan, Dan was a reasonable sports guy. Dan was. Uh, he, he was. He was 
quite popular. And he was right. He was quite popular with everyone. But the reason he was pretty quite hot. popular with pretty everyone. Hot. Pretty odd. The reason he was quite popular with everyone. Pretty odd. Is because he was non-threatening. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He was non-threatening to everyone. Yeah. Now, he was not he's a pretty threatening now. He was not a bad boy. Yeah, right. He was vice captain of the school. Vice captain? Was something, right? He was a cap. He was a prefect. He was yeah, a dork. right. Right? He wore lycra. He used to go do dancing. He was in what? high school. That is why we have the dam we have now. Yes. Because of the high school experience that he had. That's right. Now. Can, wait, can I just add to that? The one thing please you do. is I once I ran a red bandana around my left boot <laughs> when I came to school, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I think that well, makes me a hard oh, son. I, I've got to talk about that later. Well, well, I see. I so I was a wee baron in where in this era, right? I was just, wow. I was just a child. I don't but, understand what you guys are wearing back there, mate. We had a lot of fun. Can no. I just say, well, it was so much easier without mate. phones, without narcissism wasn't embraced. It was you were cut down if you yeah. if you if you, if you tried to yeah if the, if you tried to grab too much limelight. You you got a cock a, a cock whack, and uh, <laughs> you are quickly quickly grabbing some breaths. So yeah, I yeah. I think uh, ours was idyllic. Our, even though it was the bad oh, lands of the northern beaches of Sydney, it was I, I got to say, uh, apart from apart from one year when I moved away from the high school for the criminally gifted uh, to to somewhere else, but I had a really good high school experience. I was a shit student. I didn't really study. I had a lot of fun. I spent almost one whole year at the soccer club playing pool with morgues when it should have been in science. And it was fun. I had a lot of yeah. fun. When I did go to private school, and this is the next bit I want to ask, none of you guys would have ever gotten a weekend detention, right? No. God, no. Okay. God, so when I went to private school, I got four Saturday detentions. <laughs> oh. And, <laughs> and they were... No shit, the worst ever. They were from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m., so they weren't eight hours. Four hours was enough for me to to swear that I'd never do it again three times. Oh, and uh, and finally, on the fourth time, I learned not to ever do it again. So I would have thought <laughs> I would have thought the best way to punish them would have been to make them study or to do something. Yet he says to them, no study, just write a thousand word essay, which none of them write. None of them. Interesting. Yeah. You'd make them study, right? You'd make them do something they'd hope. Wait, a thousand words on those A4 papers with our shit handwriting. That's eight pages. And old mate Anthony Michael Hall barely, barely does one. Yeah. Hey, they, they took the piss. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but Vernon came in with all that gusto. Three hours he had in him and then he was already hitting the beers. He was pissing wind. Yeah. He was, he was gusto, mate. He was. What the it... fuck was in his thermos? That wasn't coffee. Oh, I'll give you the tea. It was tar. It was, that, caused, that caused some damage. Yeah. Uh, okay. So when when Vernon and Bender have their first major blow up, when he gets fifty uh, yeah. uh, detentions, Vernon storms out, and Bender then lets out this almighty "fuck you." Yeah, yeah. And Vernon does he not hear him, or does he just decide not just to? Just brushes hear? it off. He's no. Like, we've we've all done that, where uh, a person of authority has chosen not to hear. Our final comment on the, uh, on oh, the discussion. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could I can I can appreciate that. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, ben Bender oh I don't wanna I'm I'm getting ahead of myself here, but ben, their first exchange, right? Like Vernon walks in. Obviously he knows he's well aware of who Bender is. They've crossed paths plenty of times. Plenty of times. Bender's just giving him a little rib dig and then they and then Vernon storms out basically like just don't 
do what I know you're going to do today. Just don't do it. And then Bender gives the line, I don't know what it means, but it was so good. And it was, that man is a brownie hound. What does that mean? Do you think he's like talking about an arse hound? Oh, I don't know. That was my take. That was yeah. my take. There was some, there definitely some gay slurs in there that you wouldn't Mate. see in a, a twenty twenty three version of this film. I couldn't get over but, how sexual this movie was. Yeah. Mate, yeah, I had yeah, my yeah. fourteen year old son next to me watching because I didn't it was, it was it was watch number one. Yeah. I'm like, I've got to do this thing, let's have a look at it. Noah's sitting next to me and I'm like, the subtitles were on because I was trying to catch lines and stuff. I'm like, I'm trying to fish around to stop the subtitles because it's like <laughs> He's like Bender's, oh. ben, yeah, Bender's just Bender's basically filthy. proper just bailing up um the you know, it's popular, Claire. And like, I'm like, man, oh, flip. Like this, yeah, it was well, pretty full on. That's a good place to go. Because last question, Bender has zero redeeming features. Yeah. He's a shit. Yeah. Shit human being. I don't care how or why. He just is. How does he get the girl at the end? Oh, I'm so tired of the bad boys get the girl thing. Yeah. He he does not, he, there's no way anyone puts up with, Mate. He has he has assaulted her. He has done Frass. harassed her the whole day. Yes. And yet he goes, oh, what, because it, Dad's not going to like it? Fuck off. Unbelievable. Well, I'm, I'm going to jump in here. I'm just going to use some real-world examples. So the bloke you're sitting next to, our, our veritable host, he definitely, when it came to chicks, wasn't the bad guy when, when we're like it. He was accused of being diamonds, maybe a girl's no, best I'm not friend. accused. I, I, yeah. was a, I was a fucking hardcore diamond. Hardcore and nothing for me. It resulted in heaps of friends, probably a lot of crying on the yeah. shoulder, probably getting yeah. into close proximity with a lot of great right. sorts from I, I say, high school. But I thought, I thought I could mend those wings. There was no finger boshing, zero. No. And um, yeah. the bad guys, like Gao, were out there just absolutely mm. smashing it. Like, and that. <laughs> <laughs> Full on, two knuckles, away he went. Like it just was an a, absolute swordsman. Yeah. Just a swordsman. And so yeah. I, can, I, I must say that the, the chicks would have gone for Bender, I'm, I'm afraid to say, back in the day, because that, yeah, it takes them a so. while to realise that you're, 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 you know, you're great traits too, Matt. Like it's, uh, friendship ultimately is better than being a bit hot, you know. It's, uh, it's, it just works just as well. <laughs> Hey, it's still it's still just as uncomfortable to be told this stuff as it was when you were in year nine, eight. Like someone going, "You've got to be a little bit more, you know, you got to be a little bit more aggressive, mate. You've got to be a little bit couldn't do it. Get some hard edges, mate. I, I, t- I kept I go home and I'd be like, "Fuck you, fucked it again. Yeah, you know, there's another one. Just yeah. she's my mate. Yeah, this is bullshit. The Gonna play her a song. If you had finished, there would have been two gals in our hood, like just two. Two ten smashes. I like, no dramas getting tight, getting close to them at all. That oh, game couldn't I, fin- I finish, no it. finish. No game. finish. No finish. It. I had zero game as well, man. Well done. Enough of that. Enough embarrassing me. Born to watch only fans. We've uh, we've got a couple. A uh, bit of feedback here. One is from uh, former host Sloan Bones Nixon about the Hangover episode. Look, I know the dancing Hobbit didn't like this movie. And should be sacked. But please, the movie was written so the viewer sat there and said, fuck, I wish I was there that night. It would have been epic. <laughs> fair take. Fair take. Yeah, fair take. And then I've got uh, I've got uh, one more, if I can just 
Now, this is, again, about hangover. This is from uh, Johnny Bull, the original, the OG. Awesome pod crew. I was happily eating a Vietnamese roll with chili, listening to my favorite F-wits when the get both out advice came out. I ended up with a burning piece of chili lodged between my nostrils and the back of my throat. I got to say, I don't think apart from Damo, I, I, Damo has made me laugh the most on this podcast two out of the top 10 times. Right. Well, and to, and they've been just in the last few weeks. One is the, the kick-ass credit song for North Shore, Pull My Leash. Yeah. Uh, literally had a, an aneurysm uh, sitting in the room <laughs> watching him do that. When he said the least she could do is get the other one out, I thought I was going to die. I legitimately thought I was going to die. Oh, he's a weapon. He's a, he is a, a special man. Don't let him go. Oh, God. He's he's got a he has got a good take on a lot of different subjects. I I hope you are enjoying yourself over in the US, Damo. You were sorely missed, but we move on. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And we're going to start with the guest. Will the work experience kid? What you got for good? All right. Okay. Um, I like the music. I'm big on music, guys. If you yep. haven't picked it up already. Yep. Uh, Simple Minds. Don't you forget about me. Now, in the 80s, there was this thing that happened in movies in opening credits where there was an absolute banger, banger of a song. And it was on the pop charts and it just primed you for the movie. It was like, I'm ready to go. This is a bop. I'm bopping along to this. I feel good already because of this really good song. And they've somehow missed it in the last 15, 20 years. They've just abandoned that yeah. idea. I, I think it's got something to do with these dickhead recording companies who charge too much to license out these songs. But do you also think there's a lack of quality music? No, I don't. I think there is heaps of quality music out there these days. you just got to know where to find it. Yeah. Um, and it would, it would serve our current music state to start banging them back into movies. Yeah. Some really good quality stuff to highlight it to people again in the opening credits. It, mate, the the eighties were all about it. Well, this I reckon this song could be on the podium for best ever movie song. It's a great song. It it's is a great there. song. It's a. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not. Is it? It's it's only a coincidence. But the the, the singer, the people that or the band that played it and sung it was Simple Minds, which is almost like a bit of a uh, meta take on the the group sitting group. in the the library from Vernon's perspective, right? And uh, but you know that I'm, I'm digging deep on that. I like one, it though. Obviously. It's a good you take. Know. Yeah, that's if, my if bullshit. You, if you could name another, on. if you could name another Simple Minds track, I'd be very impressed. But it was so far removed from their style of music as well, so. They turn up with their existing fan base playing the normal tracks that they play, and then half the half the people there are just they're there for this song, and it sounds so much different to what they've got in their camera. Yeah, so that must well, suck. For a while, I thought it was Billy Idol when I was young. I, I, I realised that it wasn't at some point. Yeah, but then I can really hear In Excess doing this song as well. I just think it's got all the hallmarks of a great In Excess song. You know. But anyway, yeah. What else have I got? Oh, okay. That Desert Storm slash Brown two-tone, two-door 
Ford Bronco. Oh, he's awesome. Andy's dad's awesome. Bronco. Got him. God. How fucking good is it? Tough. Oh, super tough. It is tough. To say, it's, it's almost got up to being one of my top favorite movie cars. Oh, 100%. Oh, my God. It's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Everything about it was perfect. Yeah, so often. I'm sure it moved units. I'm sure people saw that car coming to the car park and everyone, and the dads went, oh, Give me one get on the phone. I'm calling yeah. the dealer. We're getting one of them. Yeah, yeah brilliant. Right, sir. Um, and my other good, well, yeah, my other good is um, Brian. Just his comedic timing from the start of this. Yeah. Like, he had me cacking. Just his stupid, like, sincere need to just be included and accepted by not only his mates or these, you know, other people, mm. but also the principal. Yeah, for sure. And, but it's just the way that they, he delivered like these. Yeah. It was, it was just, I loved it. He was, he was great. His comedic timing. He's is the best, so he's the best actor in the movie. He's, yeah. he's by far. Fantastic. He's yeah. That's cool. simple goods, but well, no, love it. Less. Love it. Uh, Daniel, what do you got up there? Yeah, I'll slide straight off the back of that into good for me was Anthony Michael Hall. It's it's yeah. interesting as this this movie's set up with very minimal staging. There's this fuck all real change of sets. It's done all in the one location. Most of it's in a library within that location. So it's more like a play than a than a, mm. a feature film. And I guess that's what accounts for the very low budget, considering a, a lot of the acting talent I think would have sucked up a bit of that. But a lot of the shots, it, it affords the actors a head close-up, which as a as a film actor, that's exactly what you want because that's when you, you can go to your arsenal and, and use everything in your arsenal to, to show how good a fucking actor you, you are. And I think that, as you just mentioned, Anthony Michael Hall acts them off the fucking stage, all of them. So yeah. without him, this movie doesn't work. His timing, his just general craftsmanship is, is so much better than everyone else's and that's what struck me with this latest revisit mm, yeah. was how good he was and and because he's you know he's a pretty dork and look at dude there's nothing particularly um captivating about he's not he's not a matinee idol by any stretch but the fact that he was in so many movies from that era and, and so many directors put stock and faith in him i think it's because he was just fucking talented and and that is evident in in watching this again yeah there's one scene i've got it in my good where where he hides his heart on yeah like that is so subtle. He just sort of moves, it moves his there. pants, and then puts his thing on top. And it's like it's so subtle, but you you know exactly what he's doing, right? Yeah, it's, it's he's so good, he's so good. Uh, okay, you look. I've got the song's great. Uh, John Hughes just does it again. He's he's he owns the eighties. Uh, the Bronco, please. The library. I tell you what's one hell of a fucking library. Oh, yeah, I know. Holy shit, man! It'd even make me want to go to the library. It's um, it's a remarkable set to build. I say built that for it's not a library. Mm. It's not an existing one. They built that for that for that. Well, mate, it, it is one hell of a library. I've got to say, uh, but probably my favourite part of the whole movie is Vernon's get up. Yes, his suit <laughs> to Saturday detention. When Bender says, "Does Barry Manilow know you? Barry Manilow know you're raiding his wardrobe." I was pissing myself because I was thinking that is, is he on Saturday Night Live, Vernon? Like, or Saturday Night Fever? Yeah. I was pissing myself. I wrote, I wrote Ben Mendelsohn in John Travolta's sh um, shirt. <laughs> Mendo. Mendo. Yeah. He looks so much like Ben Mendelsohn to me in this movie. Yeah. It's crazy. But in, yeah, the most like over the top Saturday Night Fever. It's incredible oh, shirt. Amazing. Look, I think the movie is 
really well cast. I think the the five, all six actually, work so well off each other. Yeah, they are just there's obviously a super chemistry between them all. Even though that Judd Nelson is such a cock, mm. and it, he was a cock on this set as well. Uh, but yeah, I just think it's really well cast. Uh, it's obviously yeah, we'll get to it now. We'll go to bad, uh, and we'll start with you, Dan. What have you got for bad? Because I've got a bit on this. Yeah, I. I touched on it before, but I did, on the revisit, uh, whilst I was struck with the talent of Anthony Michael Hall, uh, conversely, I was struck by the lack of talent of Judd Nelson. And I just questioned the casting. He's iconic. So I, you cannot picture this yeah. movie without him in it. A movie that is revered, no doubt, by millions upon millions of people. But he's just not very good. No, he's not. It's just, he's on the nose throughout. I don't. A lot of it was improvised too, apparently. And I just yeah. don't. I felt, found him very hard to buy into that character, and I get they're setting him up as wrong side of the tracks, and, and certainly I understand that. I think as a, as a plot point and, and as a way to have him and Claire find some common ground at the end, great. But I just don't think he did it very well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I I felt like he was unhinged, like, but I don't know whether or not that was the whole goal of it. You know, well, he nearly got like, kicked off the movie. Yeah, because he, he was he was he was method. Yeah, I just and it's obvious because he has such a poor career afterwards that he's just a bit of a cock. Yes, and yeah, he, he, I've got I've got Bender in general. Yeah, I just think his character, Judd Nelson, everything about it, he, he's just a bit of a cock. There's no, I don't like him. We we all had that one guy at school, didn't we? Like the one that you were like, man, you've just got to watch yourself. Yeah. Like you don't make don't. It's like, don't turn your back on the ocean. But he's also don't a penny heart. on that guy <laughs> because you've got to get it, like, taken out the back of the knees. Line. He's also a penny heart because when uh, Emilio Westervis actually fronts him, yeah. he wants nothing to do with it. Yeah. That... And then gets the knife out. That's his only thing. I'm like, mate, nah, sorry. Mm. Did, you, did, you, did you pick up Ali reaching in and just going yoink yeah. with the knife in the bottom of the frame? <laughs> How good. Is there, there's some deleted scenes that never never made it to the, to the actual show where... Uh, she uses that knife to break into teacher's lockers, and then she finds Prince's 1999 album in there, and she uses this line that says, see, they are human. And that's ambitious. The, the, the album is in another scene later on in the movie, but there's no explanation why. She oh, yeah, I there. remember seeing that movie, uh, the, yeah. the album, and thinking, oh, she's, like, she's got good taste. Right? Yeah, well, she'd stolen oh. it off a teacher using the knife. That, that makes so sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, a bit of tidbit there. Okay, Will, any yep. more bad? Uh, what have I got for baddie? I, now, this is me. Obviously, this is first time watch, guys. So yeah. I'm getting everything at face value. Um, the, to me, the pace of the movie getting going felt like I was also doing detention. It uh, does take a bit. The first 20 minutes drags. Yeah, like it just like, I was... Yeah, I just felt a little bit like, oh, what is going on here? Like, I just felt. Do you think that was but, intentional? Do you think? Well, that's the what I was going was, to say. Yeah, was it? Yeah. Was he trying to like give maybe us that was, mm, I feel like that maybe was, that was it because it almost felt a bit jarring and uncomfortable. But that's exactly what you feel like when you're sitting in a group of randoms. Yeah. In in detention, going, oh man, like, how's this all going to pan out? You know. So maybe it was completely intentional, which would make it good. So there you go. Well, I can, I can excuse could... it for that reason, but I was with you, Will, especially when you consider the rest of the movies we talked about with Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. They're, they're not noted for their uh, dry spots or, or dead spots. It's just go. 
for a lot of the films that we would have seen out of the same era. So I, I choose to think that that was deliberate, but I, I agree with you. It was definitely jarring on this on this revisit. Yeah, and then the only other thing was um, the dancing montage. Oh, fuck a duck. Dude. It's not ugly to me, but it oh. felt a little too unnecessary. Fuck a duck. Like, what? What was the point? I don't know. No point to it. It was, it's, it, yeah. Do you know what the point is? If that's not in the movie, the movie goes for 92 minutes. Yeah, right. That's so all it's in there for. In 1985, though, this would have been one of the only mediums that we would have seen anything like that. So it's not like we're comparing it to Insty or, or Tick. Tickergram or whatever that everyone's uh, on like now, dancing, dancing around. Jeez, you are like old. that. You you were watching Fame. You were watching that. Like what? it would have been a moment I mean, in it, time. It, obviously, there was that one with Tom Cruise where he dances as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Which is a, an incredible Did that come out before. Before eighty. Yeah. Okay, so it's a bit of a. It's almost a little bit of a. It's a bit of a thing. It's a bit of a thing because Flashdance had it. There was all these dancing uh, Footloose. So there was all those sort of, of dance montages yeah. that came before it. So yeah. I think it's riffing yeah. on that. Well, particularly bad was yeah. Harley's dance at the end there where she's just like summoning gods and falls on her face. I thought this might have been the earliest uh, kind of representation of uh, people on the spectrum in movies when I first saw her. <laughs> Neurodiversity. I was thought, Neurodiversity, this no. is it. This is great. But I thought she is doing a bang-up job. Of like mm. what what we would consider now pretty well on the fringe of or on the spectrum for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually think Andrew was the worst in that dance sequence. I think he had the the most lack of any rhythm whatsoever of of any of the cast members, and his yeah. his was just uh, violently terrible. But yes, yeah. I think everything that would, apparently the uh, the background was that. Molly Ringwald's character was meant to just dance by herself, and the, and she said, "I feel uncomfortable as fuck." Doing this, yes. let's get everyone dancing, and that—that's how it uh, it came out. Because the John Hughes is a—he's a, a very giving director in that he will allow a lot of ad lib and he, he will let the actors provide input. But she was just like, oh, this this. Yeah, you'd stinks. let them all let's dance, and then you'd leave yeah. it all on the cutting room yeah. floor, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, just pull her back one from exactly. her. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It was a bad call. It was a bad call, Ripley. It's a bad, bad call, Ripley. Call. <laughs> okay, uh, you can't go past open the locker and you die, fag. Okay, <laughs> you you can't do that now. No, you, you can't. can't do that now. And it you get is it. Grating. You get it. And it is a grating. Uh, it's it, it. also you've got Claire's dad's scarf when he drops her off in the uh, in the BMW in the Beamer. The, mm. In the he's got that terrible scarf. Yeah, it is so yuppie. It's just screaming money. Uh, I wanted to choke him with it. Uh, I've already mentioned Bendo. I'll give him a I'll give him a pass because I want to get him an ugly. Uh, who brings fucking sushi to school for lunch in '85? Oh, I think no, with a, yeah, with a wooden, with a wooden fucking table. No, I I, I think it's good for the character development. I think it was meant to be pasta originally, and yeah, Alan Shooty actually yeah suggested it. So. But- it's, I uh, yeah, I'm I'm alright with it. I'm alright with it. I know you would be. It would have been a wild dish in '85 though. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. All right, the school chase. So the dance scene is bad, but the school chase is so Scooby Doo. And <laughs> is the school is the school the maze and the shining? Oh, they, it's, it's very they, hard to get a sense of uh, locations. It's like it's like the, it's like the Overlook Hotel. Thumbled. You turn left and there's it's where the fuck? <laughs> how are they going to beat him back? Well, I'm. I'm Mate, I spent the whole time wondering where the Goblin King was. Glad they were doing the old labyrinth one. Yeah. 
Dance magic, dance magic, dance. Uh, okay. Magic spell on you. The happy ending, and I don't mean the one at the massage parlor. The happy ending, two couples, they all pair off, I've but got, the, and the nerd I've gets to read the essay, and the nerd gets to write the essay, so he's happy as well. I've got things to say about this, yeah. and I, I almost, I almost want to wax lyrical about how when you're a teenager, everything just feels. 100% passion. I have not had my heart broken as hard as I was when I was 17. I have not loved a woman as vigorously as I have when I was 17. And this, and this, and I have not suffered loss like I had when I was a teenager. Everything is just turned up to 11 when you're it's a teenager, right? The self-absorption, right? I think, it's is what drives every, it. Absolutely. It's, and, and it's absurd that after an eight-hour period on detention, everyone walks away like they've had this epiphany, yeah. right, on life, and everything's going in a different direction. I would say that it was not accurate, but I'd be lying because I have also spent ridiculous moments with people and walked away feeling like I just had this amazing revelation on everything, and my whole life's different. And come Monday. Nothing's changed. <laughs> yeah, they go back to they go back to normal. hundred percent. Yeah, they go back do. to normal. Yet they walk out of for some reason Saturday afternoon. They're walking out like they've just changed the world. Yeah, and they've gone through all the motions. Yeah. So I mean, in one regard, I I hated seeing it, and at the other time, I thought that's what being a teenager is all about, eh? Walking out of a situation. You loved like that. a woman more vigorously than when I was. Yeah, saying. not physically. And I don't mean literally either. I mean from a distance yes. in a creepy way. Well, that's me. Yeah. That was yeah. me. Dan can attest yeah. to that. Yeah. That was me. Uh, my last bad is there's such a serious focus on sexuality in this movie. Mm. It's overt. Yeah. And the virgin shaming is incredible. Yeah. It. I don't recall. I don't recall virgin shaming at school. Nah. Like it was like if you had a root, you had a root. Good on you. And. Those that were having a root were probably having heaps of roots and making up for the people that weren't rooting. Like you? Or? Uh, well, yeah. I, look, I didn't, I didn't start anyone. myself. I didn't start myself, uh, uh, I guess, my self-investigation until I was after, uh, I was seven to, uh, 16 years of age. And we've mentioned this on the podcast before. Uh, and I'm quite happy. You to, made up for lost time. Quite happy to, uh, yeah. to admit that. But I definitely made up for lost time. And, and when I finally did, um, when I finally did pop the cherry... It was a, it was a beautiful time. It was vigorous. Yeah, it was vigorous, yeah. and it was over very quickly. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I just thought it was just it was too much. It felt too much. Yeah, it's it was it was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. Yeah, you could feel the pain of like of Claire just being dragged over the coals about have you had sex? Yeah. Like who gives a fuck? Yeah, she got red hair. Yeah. Of course she hasn't had sex. Exactly. Her pubes are a flaming ball of fucking right. fire. Genesis 3, mate. That's it. burning bush. She's not had sex. Leave her alone. You should have a woofy Ted too with those red pubes. Yeah. Anyway, I think we're done. Let's uh, let's move on to the ugly. I've got, uh, it, Wilbur. Yeah, yeah, okay. Wilbur, please. What? Okay, I know the other guys are smoking weed. What did Andrew smoke? Like, oh, I, yeah, no. Oh, my God. What? Oh, my God. That what weed makes you run around doing that, and then that it was lace, dub, it was lace with in the office, and then the glass breaks. Yeah, I've got that. That's a that's pathetic. It was, it was just again, it was like this bizarre departure from everything that was going on. 
And then it was just like, what are we, what are we, what are we doing? Am I watching it? Was Bob Marley and the fucking whalers in that room with him? It was a Dutch oven that there's like 70 people fucking Mate, having a ball. Mate, it was doing bucket bongs in that office. Well, it was the octobong. What? Shout out to Matt Avellano. <laughs> Shit food. Yeah. It is. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing as well is you're smoking in a library and then Vernon comes walking back in, <laughs> chips him about some nondescript bit of behavior problem and doesn't know how to smell what tobacco is. Like, <laughs> get out. I know. Seriously. Vernon has to be questioned. Yeah, he's, yeah, he may be, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Unbelievable. Right. Anything else? Oh, let's see. Um, <laughs> no, no, I had five kids running through the halls. Vernon is deaf as a post. Yeah, he's thick. I don't think and, he gives uh, a shit in the end. Yeah, no, that's so that we've covered it. Okay, yeah. cool. Dan, what do you got for ugly? I just had, uh, you t- obviously on the back of the overt use of sexuality as a plot device, the suggested unauthorized tampering of Claire at the start. Mate. Where Bender is, uh, is is suggesting that they get the prom queen pregnant. And Unbelievable! That, that was dead sense shocking. I mean, look, we're we, we're not exactly that woke here at Born to Watch, but you would not see that used in a, a attempt to dramatic and or comedic way in uh, in two thousand and twenty three, and it was very Just wouldn't very slide. Hey. It wouldn't no, slide. That, that blew me away. So on yeah. the nose, hey, that blew yeah. me away. Only for Bender to then say hold my beer, and stick his face between her thighs oh, under mate. the table oh, yeah. <laughs> while the teacher's there. I was like, oh, my fucking but God. that, we get a point of view shot as well. Yes. Just you see, like, we know what granny, he's doing. You see granny panties, oh, and you're like, Jesus. and he just goes straight in. I was like, holy fucking shit. This is, yeah, this is like Grim. just moments of like absolute discombobulation. You're like, what am I? Yeah, what, what, what do I just see? What's happening? Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's obviously we, when we talk a lot about here on Born to Watch about going back in the time machine, and yeah. this is the perfect. This is so quintessential '85. Couldn't be made this movie. Some of these things couldn't have been done in '95. No, let alone 2005, 2015, and 2023. No, can't happen. Yeah, it was. It's a real. It's a. It's a period piece, as they say. It is. It's yeah. staying he, in was, he was looking at it. Uh, Dan, any more ugly? No, nah, that was it. Okay, hold on to your fucking uh, horses here. <laughs> now, catching your own spit. Spitting in the air and swallowing your own spit is one of the fucktest things I have ever seen in a movie. And I've seen Salo, 120 Days of Sodom, where they eat a banquet of shit. <laughs> and this made me so repulsed. And he thought he was so fucking cool, Bender. He was fugly. He's, yeah, it was I keep going great. back. There's always that one guy at high school, and he, he just he gets to the point where he's just irritating I'm the arena. I'm thinking about it now. All the time. I'm thinking about it now. I'm holding back the dry reach. Yeah, right. So fucking bad. Now, let's stay on Bender. How many layers do you fucking need, dickhead? You've got 17 jackets on. He would he would stink. He's got the biggest fucking jacket, plus about three other jackets. Yeah. Plus an undershirt. Yeah. Mate, he's, hey. he's B.O. Mate, not, let alone the fact that he comes from a t- troubled home 
He hasn't been taught personal hygiene by no, anyone. No way. No, nobody dependable. That's for sure. No. He's had to work it all out on his own. Yeah. Yeah. So he knows he stinks. Yeah. That's why he's wearing all that. So there things. we go. So we've got catching your own spit. Too many layers. Let's get the prom queen impregnated. Mono brow. Under the table, pushing his head between the legs. There's four uglies for Bender, and I'm not finished. <laughs> Ali Sheedy's dandruff. Oh, yeah. I, I actually did get a little squirmy with that like, one. Like, yeah. Now, I know in real life it was parmesan cheese, right? Yeah. Doesn't make it any better to me. Do, no. Mate, okay, that is so bad. Gross. A really good drawing. Great Incredible drawing. drawing. And, and with a bit of snow, I love it. Not yeah. dandruff. Yeah, Not dandruff. You, you do question. You question the choices. Like, like, did they not focus group that scene? You know, how does it make you feel? Yeah, no, nah, not around. It's supposed to repulse you. And, and, it was. and then the last one, the fist pump ending. What the fuck has he got to pump about? That's ad-lib too. Mate, <laughs> if that's what you've got, Judd, do you no know wonder it, you did nothing you know after 90. Do you know what it reminds me of? I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to say it, but Dan, you might even be able to picture it in your head. Eddie Vedder on the cover of Pearl Jam Ten. Oh, of course. <laughs> and he's got all the layers on. Yeah. And he's even probably got a stupid bandana ripped around his boot too. The he boys. Has a that, that was. They weren't sure about their style back then. Uh, the first Pearl Jam album. They were that, definitely that, yeah. strugglers. The old Seattle layers. Still one of the yeah. best though. Yeah. Uh, okay, well done, gentlemen. That's uh, that's a pretty good, uh, good, bad, ugly there. Jans, quick fire, take it away, mate. Yes, uh, quick fire. Well, let's go super quick this week. Look alike, first up and foremost. Anyone in there that struck you out of the cast that looked like anyone other than me or someone else that looked like? <laughs> I I must say that as far as uh, Andrew Emilio Estevez's cow lick that he was running in his do. I've had that air previously around about 1988, 89. So definitely there was a bit of, uh, I had a few more zits and a bigger nose, but other than that, we were running the same cow lick. But Whitey, anyone else? Oh, look, I, I re- you, you could you could easily stand into Vernon. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> you could easily, I, yeah. I actually think you look a lot like him. Yeah, you throw I that could, quiff up. You, you throw a bit of room. That bolo tie on. That you've been known to wear. This is true. You could be a fucking vert, mate. You, you, that sort of wedding garb for you, that stuff with a hat. I'll ex- I'll accept that. Uh, anything else that <laughs> struck you as nah. as look of a liking? There's no other dance. Excellent. Wax on, wax off for a scene that's passed over into popular culture, a la Daniel LaRusso in The Karate Kid. Anything really. I mean, the you, you touched on the fist pump. That's pretty iconic, but I don't know that we used to run around throwing those at each about, other on the field. What about the song? The song for sure, yeah, I mean, yeah so. that is definitely passed over. Um, what about the, the the little bit that Bender does about Claire being a fat girl's name? I know that we used to say that a yes. lot because yeah, we knew yeah. a Claire who was not fat, yeah. but we just used to say that. This might be um, borrowed from quotes. I might be stealing out of my quotes, but when um, Bender says "eat my shorts," that's very good. Yeah. It's the first time I heard that saying because I just thought it was Bart's yeah. all the way. But Bart, no, Bart, it from Bart ripped it off from Bender. Yeah, Bart and definitely ripped it off from Bender. It still makes no sense. But no, it is, no, it's uh, yeah, d- deep burn. Not that deep a burn. Uh, okay, I'll accept all of those. Yep. Next one is Philip Stuckey, Jason Alexander's character in Pretty Woman for the biggest dude. 
Lynch, right? It's pretty self-explanatory. In the film, Ben. Vernon and Bender, I think, are a neck and neck there for a while, but then Bender just finds an extra gear. Yeah, no, it's got to be Bender. Yeah, agreed. Judd Nelson, what were you thinking? Next one, the cast of Caddyshack for an actor or actors that aren't quite sure of the tone of the movie they're in and therefore aren't quite sure of what they're meant to do with themselves. Um, I don't know. I think everyone understood it again. Nah. Ben is so over the top compared to everyone else, but everyone kind of gets what they're about, the angstiness and the self-absorption that that Will touched on. I, I don't think that anyone seems removed from that. What do you guys think? No. No, no I think I'm good there. Excellent. Uh, Olivia Newton-John, rest in peace. Absolute stunning lady. Australian. Was in Greece. Can't do a cartwheel for fucking shit. So, therefore, a poor display of athletic <laughs> prowess. Was there anyone in this film that was equally inept at athleticism? God rest her soul. Yes, I yes. have one. Go. It is Bender's throwing of the paper ball at the girl that's three feet in front of her <laughs> and misses. What an idiot. And I've to got, think I... that they would have been able to do that take several hundred yeah. times. And that was, that was the, the best. best one. That was the yeah. best one. Yeah, I've got Judd Nelson is a dead set theatre kid. Yeah. And even so, the fist pump is so awkward. Oh. At the end, he's never fist pumped anything before. He's never played in a sporting team. He's never no. gone, yeah. He's yeah. never supported a sporting team. He's never done anything. Yeah, that's a stage fist pump yeah. for sure. Yeah. Agreed. It is. Agreed. Oh gosh. So. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, absolutely agreed. And I think a good call. Next up, Robot Sentries from the Amalie. What's your thoughts on Aliens, the movie, Will? Um, again, I I can't say I've seen it more than maybe three times, and I was pretty young at the time. It was it was at an age that I w- it would not have been suitable for me to watch it. Um, Fair enough. But I do have fond memories of it. I do. I definitely have a visceral, visceral uh, recollection of Sigourney Weaver just being a bad bitch. Yeah, and that's what that's she is. Just that's what she is. It's why we love her. No, I think yeah. you had one take out of that film. That's the one to have. In the director's yeah. cut of the film, we actually get a little bit more to find out what deep shit these space marines are in. Uh, it's called Robot Sentries, and it just tells us a little bit more about their predicament. Did we need to know anything more about the five at the Breakfast Club, or Vernon, or Carl, or any of the parents, or anything about this film, Matthew? Nothing. Yeah, no, nothing. I wasn't wasn't asking any questions. Zero. Totally agree. Moving on. Finally, why is Brad Pitt for the actor you'd most like to do the nasty in the pasty with? Did you? That was Is that yours, then? I can't claim credit for that. I've got a uh, a long list of them that I just pull from, but it, uh, yeah. Also, you need to say nasty instead of nasty and pasty instead of pasty or it doesn't work. Well, unless you're from... Corn, Cornish. Corn, Cornwall. that's it. Well, Morgs has been to Cornwall. A couple of times. A couple of times. Whitey. He, he's been <laughs> deep in Devon. <laughs> Who was it? <laughs> How good was Devon? Mate, I've got to say, Devon's one of the best tomato. Devon and tomato sauce. Oh. If Gow was here, he... Bum, he was. lips and arsehole. If, if Gow was here, Gow would have came in his pants at the mention of the word. <laughs> and no, it's one of those things. If you may, if you say the words Devon and tomato sauce, Ooh. I can taste it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I not. taste it. In fact, yeah. I'm tempted to go and buy Devon tomorrow. <laughs> yes, you would. I'm, de- I'm tempted to. Ah, oh, such a good scene. Wow. Yeah. Um. Okay. Look, if if I, this is the, the first movie where I've really struggled to have an instant this one, but it'd have to be Molly Ringwald. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I think both yeah. her and Ali Sheedy are, are beautiful yeah. But yeah. women. But that's, it's uh, one of the ones where I'm like, generally in each movie, there's a standout where you're like, oh, definitely that. Yeah. But this one, I'm like, you know, I, I there's a chance I go home and pull myself. <laughs> there's a chance. <laughs> All right. You know, what I, you know what I do? Uh, you know what I like about the 80s is bad teeth. Oh, yeah. that's what it's at. Everyone that's was from England. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Nobody's teeth. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> Excellent, boys. That's quick fire. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Well done, Daniel. Listen to this. Uh, Wilbur, we'll start with you. What have you got there for listen to this? Right. My listens to this. Oh, look, again, I'm. You're being kind to me, letting me go first, because I'm just going to get the lowest hanging fruit here. That's cool. Ali uh, suggested to the producer, or to the director, I should say, the David Bowie quote at the start of the movie. That was her idea, and that was um, that was a quote or uh, some lyrics out of the out of the song from Changes. And uh, yeah, it was a really oh, you you would have thought I'd written the quote down, hey, to to rattle off right now. I'm not that. <laughs> We're going to insert that. In post, that's episode. all right. That's yeah. Okay, that's okay. Um. Here's one that really did tickle me, and I, I reckon I almost feel like it could have been a better movie had it this pulled, been pulled off. Nicolas Cage auditions have been yeah. there, and I can only imagine him doing a face-off style monologue in the middle of this, <laughs> just getting real freaky in that library, and it would have been a, at a like a young Nicolas Cage just being told, go in there and be a fucking pest and just That's seeing sick. what that guy comes up with man yeah i would have seen him as bender for sure yeah there were quite a few people that uh auditioned for it that might have been better than judd nelson yeah but man um what else simple minds were not interested in this song at all they did not want to do it and they held out for so long like that and it got shopped around and they were like nah we really want simple minds and it wasn't until the singer's wife convinced him said go for it and it changed their whole life yeah well it's a massive massive um yeah that's me okay dan anything for a listen to this oh just a a bit of a a techno nerdy thing but they actually filmed it in sequence which is unusual but i guess because of the dearth of differing scenes it was easy for them to do in sequence probably a little easier than other films are but one of the amusing things that happened was that anthony michael hall actually grew during the filming so he starts off shorter than Bender and I think maybe Andrew as well. And by the end of the film, he's taller than both of them. So well, that, happened, that happened for him in Vacation as well, where he ended up being ah. Beverly D'Angelo and his sister as yeah. well by the end of the movie. So they had to, Got it. They had to change some stuff, yeah. They had to make him the older son, the older sibling. Him and Molly Ringworld actually were approximately the same age of their characters. So they were both 16, whereas the rest of them were all in their 20s. So yeah. I thought Super that cool. was interesting. Yeah, good one. Good one. Okay, so uh, we did talk about how a lot was ad-libbed. So the whole, the, the where the characters sit at the start of the movie, ran in a circle and they start to talk to each other. It's all ad-libbed. Yeah. So it's it's pretty, I, I love that shit when you when you find that out. Yeah. When it's not scripted and they're all having to crack themselves. Uh, he, he, and we talked about the breaking glass. Yeah. John Hughes said that's his biggest regret of the film. <laughs> <was> the <breaking laughs> I glass. should hope so. Fucking terrible. This did not fit, so hey. Bad. I tell you what, that sitting around in a group ad living that whole scene is pretty phenomenal that um Brian came up with the story that 
I was going to shoot myself at school. That's not funny. Yeah. The funny part is it was going to be with a flare. He was going <laughs> oh, to burn his face off in school. Yeah, that's what not a, a good way to go. Man. Yeah. What a statement, let alone the fact that it went off. I mean, the, the, obviously the punchline was it went off in the locker and everyone was like genuinely having a giggle over that. It was it sort of landed. Which is why the, that locker is burnt. Yeah. In the, in the opening credits, yeah. But to to shoot yourself in the head with a flare. It's not <laughs> ideal. He's supposed to be smart. Yeah. Uh, so we mentioned how big a dickhead Judd Nelson was. He, he was method and off ca- off character. Uh, and off camera, he would he was bullying Molly Ringwald quite a bit. John Hughes nearly fired him, except it was uh, old Paul Gleeson. Uh, Vernon said, nah, leave him in. He's, he's too good, which he wasn't. Mm. Could have very easily been replaced. I keep coming back to this. And we definitely, with 2023 viewing, you're like, what the fuck were they thinking? But this was a, a character that's so revered. I mean, this film features at the, uh, the, the, the big old arts monument in the States where they, they put this as ca- ca- capturing a moment in time as an important film document. Uh, I can't think of the uh, the monument that it, that it is, but no, it's obviously revered and culturally revered. But yeah, fuck me, I, it's difficult to to watch yeah. it with with our eyes. No, yeah, definitely. So the when uh, when Bender flinches when Vernon goes to fake punch him, that was a real flinch. <laughs> Nelson actually thought he was going to hit him, <laughs> so he legitimately shit himself. And you know what? You can see the fear. You can actually see the fear in his eyes. Yeah. In a, in a few things. Where he, he, no, he's that typical fucking bully that the yeah. minute you stand up to him, spineless, he eh? goes to fucking water. But it comes up with excuses yeah. as well. Like when he when he got pinned by yes. Andrew. Like Andrew had him. I was just about it, to kill you. Knew it from the get-go. Yeah. Like I've got this guy here, like in space here yeah. and then just comes up with this. It's not even worth it to me. I wouldn't even, I'm not, I'm not going to even bother fighting you. Like I could, I could punch you like while he's backing out <laughs> yeah. and then has to pull out a knife to kind of sell the point home. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it, it's reminiscent of a lot of like really annoying bullies yeah. that you came across. Hey, absolutely. Uh, John Hughes, they rehearsed the entire movie three or four times before, like before they say, like it was a play. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it was actually written as a play. He wrote it as a play and, and high school is performed as a play, which is pretty cool. It's yeah. a yeah, perfect, very perfect cool. play. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you say in the ages, so, Judd Nelson was 25, Amelia was 23, Ali Sheedy, 23, and Molly Ringwald and Michael uh, and Anthony Michael Hall, 16. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. And, and what about these? I reckon these titles might be better. The Lunch Bunch. <laughs> and, and Library Revolution. Library oh, Revolution. Yeah. Way better. Gee, that's a bit self-indulgent. Way better. Yeah. Way better. They both suck. Okay. Now, I couldn't find a one degree of Kurt Russell. Well, um, no. So, and it's not surprising as Kurt probably wouldn't lower his standards to work with any of these knobs. Uh, let's move into a quotables. Surely Emilio Estevez is the closest run somewhere. Probably, probably. But I don't think he has. Yeah. Anything for quotes, Will? Uh, yeah, I've got, oh, Brian again, mate. I, I loved it when, when... He, when Bender pulls out Moliere, the author, oh, and no. Brian's like, I love yeah. his work. And Moliere. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. so hard, man. It's like, oh, I thought it was so good. So, oh, yeah, that was my, that was like one of, it was so subtle, 
Yes. That was just like, yeah, it, it's just everything was in that moment. Like, he's trying, man. Like, he's, But it's even, even, I thought the other one I thought was funny was when, um, what do you need a fake ID for? So it can vote? Yeah. <laughs> like, that was ad-libbed. Yeah. It's just like, he's just, he's, he's on another level. He's good, man. He's on another level. He's really good. Uh, Dan, anything for um, quotes? Uh, look, I, I empathised a lot with Claire's character there when she said, do you know how popular I am? I'm so oh popular. Everybody <laughs> loves me so much at this school. Like, And the way she phrased it, like I just instantly was thrown back to 1991 at Cranmer High School. And just the burden. you Feeling the pressure of the Did adulation. you also pick up your cross and bear it? I did. I was, yeah. God, <laughs> stooped to this day. Yeah. So, no, I thought it was pre- pretty revolting. And you would hope that they get that played back to them 10 years later. And think, did I actually fucking say that? Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, awful. Yeah, not good. Not good. Uh, what about, uh, uh, hey, you're not urinating in here, are you, man? Don't talk. Don't talk. It makes it crawl back up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but again, who takes a piss in the fucking library minute two after meeting people? Bender. Fuck a duck. Yeah, he was never going to do it. No, nah, no. Nah. Look, I love, uh, does Barry Manilow know you, you rate his wardrobe? Bender has got a lot of good lines. He's got to say, but he's a fucking dickhead. What's the Neo Maxi doodle something or other? Yeah, Neo Maxi Zoom up? dweeby. Yeah, yeah. Neo, Neo Maxi Zoom. He apparently just came up with that one on the fly. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. pretty wild. What about, what if your home, what if your family, what if your dope was on fire? Impossible, sir. Impossible, sir. It's in Johnson's underwear. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Brian just shits himself like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Look, there's, I, I find that a lot of the stuff in this movie is more... From a monologue perspective, it really is like it's long-winded. There's not yeah. a lot of sort of one-liners, a lot of quips. It's um, but yeah, it's there's some there is a lot of good uh, monologues in the film. Yeah, a lot of them are feeling sorry for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> film school for F wits. Take it away, Daniel. Yes, gentlemen, this week thought I'd make it pretty quick, but I thought we'd look at three teen flicks that my fellow F-wits may not have seen that are, in fact, way better than Breakfast Club. So I'm pretty sure Whitey's seen a couple of this. Will, I'm not sure about you, but I'm going to start off with one from 2019 called Booksmart. Did you did you manage to catch that one? No, I didn't. No. So no. academic overachievers Amy and Molly thought keeping their noses to the grindstone gave them a leg up on their high school beers, but on the eve of graduation... The best friends suddenly realised that they may have missed out on the special moments of their teenage years and decided to just go nuts partying and uh, f- looking at what they missed out on. I, it, that doesn't give it the, uh, the the actual gravitas of the movie. It's very well considered by the critics and I particularly enjoyed it. And, and I do have it. It's a bit of probably my dirty little secret is that I do have a soft spot for teen movies as a late 40-year-old. Uh, and this one I was... <laughs> particularly enamoured with when it came out a few years ago. Why did you just say this? I haven't seen it, Dan. Uh, you've mentioned would, it a few times on the podcast. Uh, I'm going to watch it. I'll watch it this weekend. Please do. I highly recommend yeah. it, and uh, you too will. I think you'll both yeah. enjoy it. I'll give now, it a run. This, this one, I'm pretty sure you didn't see, but you didn't see it because you didn't want to see it, and that uh, was Greta Gerwig's 2017 film, Lady Bird. So it's I've, a, uh, I've American seen Lady Bird. Coming, oh, you have seen it? Coming I've up a drama film. Shosha, I cannot say her name. The Irish Shosha, Shosha Ronan. Shosha Ronan, yeah, who is brilliant. Laurie Metcalf from uh, the Roseanne 
fame, plays her mum yep. in that, and they have this really strained relationship. It's really good. Lucas Hedges is in it, and he plays uh, her boyfriend who has uh, other interests other than girls. Um, and it actually a very young <laughs> Timothy Chalamet, Chalamet plays plays the brooding young bloke. But look, I just thought this movie was piss funny. I knew nothing about what I saw. It. I just liked Greta Gerwig uh, and went and saw it. it. Was her directorial debut, and it is brilliant. And will I don't know if you've seen this, but mate, you should go and check this out as well. Yeah, I'll put that on. It actually is. It is actually pretty good. Yeah. Mm. And then finally, going all the way back to 1999, was the black comedy Election, uh, Alexander Payne's screenplay based on the Tom Perotta book. Uh, that starring Matthew Broderick and a very young Reese Witherspoon as Tracy Flick. Uh, she's an overachieving student whom he dislikes and he tries to sabotage her run for school body president. It's Fucking brilliant. Uh, it was nominated for many awards of the Academy Variety and Golden Globes, including Best Adapted Screenplay. Um, it also stars, uh, who's the dude, not Stifler, in American Pie? That is the big stupid looking dude. Oh, Ozstriker, Chris Klein. Ozstriker, yeah, he's yeah. in it as well. Yeah. Just playing this super dumb character. And he's actually very, very good in it, but... I highly recommend this and uh, suggest that you go back and check it out if you haven't seen it. But those, they, they could be teen flicks. They definitely centre on teen uh, a teen universe and a snapshot in time for growing of age teens. And in my humble opinion, far better than The Breakfast Club. Anything that you guys would add to that list as far as favoured teen flicks? Will, it's probably more yeah. in your wheelhouse, I guess. Yeah, I um, I yeah, I've got a couple of I've got a couple of movies that I thought, well, I mean, it's hard to say whether it's better, but things that I think left as equally, uh, like cultural mark or pop culture mark. Um, and yeah, that, my choice on that would be Napoleon Dynamite. Ah, oh, yes, sir. For Excellent. Being, um, for, for again, like teens, <sighs> teens just like struggling in their environment. And kind of on the cusp of like trying to break out of just who they are as human beings, and and it and it landed in this really interesting time in our culture of like early internet days. Um, there's like it's irrever it's bizarre. It's kind of a really bizarrely paced movie. Sure. Um, the yeah, and the dialogue in it is almost iconic, as iconic as the Breakfast Club lines. Um, you know, there's a lot of people quote. Tina, gosh. Yeah, exactly. Like, even John, Uncle John Rico. John Hader? John oh, Hader. John Hader. Oh, yeah. Uncle, Uncle Rico, Rico, man. Yeah. I could throw this pig skin past that. Those nuts. <laughs> like, mate, when he, when he throws the steak at Napoleon on the bike, he's <laughs> one of the funniest things you've ever seen. It's freaking hilarious, one, man. Mate, Uncle Rico is one of the greatest characters of the modern times. Yeah, but it has these parallels of this weird pacing. That's like in, and like the the music is kind of uh, consistently just this bizarre like Moog piano yes track that's just playing the whole time. Everything's just very silly about it, but it's all, but it just it kind of it just it paralleled to me like the Breakfast Club and Napoleon Dynamite as being sort of in the same camp, not directly, but they, it just sort of holds the same space in a little bit. Yeah, but I agree. I think it, it's it's probably a bit of a weird, a bit of a crossover there for people of Matt and I's vintage who may not have seen that, but 
on Will's recommendation, highly, highly recommended and totally agree. Absolute belter of a yeah. film and uh, and definitely needs to be mentioned in the same breath as, uh, as, as Breakfast Club for sure. Great call, mate. You said you had another? Uh, yeah, the other one was Juno. Again, oh, that's, that's my one. That's yeah. my one. Uh, like, obviously, early Michael Serra, like, he was... He was stunning everyone with, you know, coming out of, um, uh, was it Parks? No, it was Parks. No, it's not Parks. No, uh, uh, Arrested, Arrested Development. Arrested Development. Coming out of Arrested Development, everyone thought, no, this kid's pretty special. He's got some weird things going on here. This is good. And so you're going into Juno. Again, just that, um, angst. There's, there's a, there's a healthy little dose of angst through Juno and, uh, trying to find your feet. And also like, and I think a question posed in the breakfast club is, am, am I making decisions now that are going to change my life or are they not going to change my life? Because all these adults around me are telling me I've got to be super serious right now about this and that. And is it actually going to make a difference or is it not? And in Juno, they're kind of making, posing those same questions to themselves as well. And what are the decisions I'm making now that are going to either blow up the future or am, or am, am I entitled to be a teenager? Am I actually entitled to live this run and make some mistakes and it not destroy my future? Do you know what I mean? So that's what I kind of got this parallel out of to that. Mate, awesome. I'd add both of those to, the, to that list. And Juno, I, I mentioned that I'm a, a sly teen film aficionado and Juno's at the top of that list. Love that film, mate. I'd, I'd watch mm-hmm. it once a year for sure just because I think Diablo Cody is brilliant, the, the writer-director, and Elliot Page is excellent. Um, mm. Yeah, mate, great, great call. Well played, sir. Why do you any that you you? you no, I, I had you know, I yeah. had you know. I'll, I'll save one for for when we do. If you love this, I think good one. Yeah, and, and that were in my we, column for that, but yeah, we were trying for films that you may not have seen to F with. So obviously, there's a, a myriad of teen flicks that could be could be mentioned in the same breath, but it's likely you've seen a lot of them. So that was what we were going for. That film school for F with. Well played, gentlemen. Well done, Daniel. Uh, a good one there. Uh, short. Incredible. Well done. Thought well, I'd calm the fuck down this week. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Not saying next week we'll be get off as scot free. No, I, I actually am not having confirmed the movie with you. I, I'm scared to think what film school for Fwit might be next week. <laughs> May need a little okay. break out pod. Now it's that time of the night. It's a Stan Bush kick-ass credit song. Uh, I'm on the I'm on the uh, the mic tonight, and it, uh, can I can I just say, Will, what a pussy! This was your time to shine. I'll I'll listen to Matt. I don't think Will's ready yet. And Kat, I, think, yeah, mate, I think we might get him the I, next time. I've i I you know I'm a, I'm a strong backer of you and and your shtick. I want to hear some Stan Bush kick-ass credit. He's a musician this, so. too. That's what I'm. It's a high bar. I mean, he's the mate. only one with any talent on this yeah. podcast as of tonight. So I well, you yeah, never next, know you're next time you're not city. Get, <laughs> so 2024 is screaming Will on the mic. I'll have, yeah. to, I'll have to work out some of those preset uh, tunes on the old Casio. Uh, <laughs> 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 work, work for Damon Albert and Gorillaz, so I'm sure that we get that hit for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and I, uh, well, I'm here. It's a high bar. i got to say, oh, yeah, this wasn't great. Hoople tug tug Rick's leash. Yeah. Now, look, Gals wasn't great last week. Gals wasn't great last week. I mean, it's fair to say that Gals sucks. Wasn't great, but it's such a high bar that Damo has set with, which was the worst starting kick-ass credit song oh, that dude. actually finished in a jumbo load of emotion, and uh, and nearly caused the death of uh, of uh, everyone listening to it. Uh, and 
Anyway, this one is called Rubber Dub Dub. It's Saturday at Sherman, 7 or 6. Vernon reads the Riot Act, three boys, two chicks. Thousand word essay for Manilow's twin. Eight hours in the library, there's no way we can win. Rubber dub dub, five in the club. It's Saturday detention for lack of attention. Rubber dub dub, Ben is a grub. There's not a lot to love for the breakfast club. We're peeling back the layers one at a time. This brat pack are all scarred by the end we will find. Rubber dub dub, five in the club. Fist pumping in the air, cause Bender don't care. Rubber dub dub, Bender's a grub. There's not enough to love for the breakfast club. Wow. Wow. Uh, I, th- I think that's the first one I haven't fucked up. It's different in person, i got to tell you, man. <laughs> it's, it's the vibe. It's hard to look at his eyes, Will. I know what you mean. The fr- now, man, I didn't look at him. I didn't look at him. Phrasing, phrasing was flawless then. Flawless. Yeah, I nailed it. Really. I nailed yeah. it. I did that. That's the best, I think, rendition I've done first take. Keep wow. that melody. It's, it's yeah. a melody I've heard a few times before oh, out of your I, I stick with what I know. I may see DC. Yeah. When I see DC, all my songs essentially sound the you same. You love that, that waiver at the end, man. Yeah. Yeah. I need, I need, I'm, I'm going to push myself in 2024. I'm going to work a bridge. I might work a bridge into a couple songs. 100%. I want to, I want to, I want to catch a middle eight. Yeah. Maybe a pre chorus. <laughs> you guess, Give us a pre chorus. middle eight. Oh, <laughs> yes. We could probably duo. Like, you know, if you're two men in a studio, sure. Got to get the. Got to get maybe some harmonies. Well, we could we, we could, could do throw some, we could do a barbership a barbershop quartet. Yeah, some thirds and fifths. From yeah, sc- you know? from I think I think you two are probably the only two that could actually pull off a harmony. Two, the rest of us are a little <laughs> pitchy. Don't know about that. Don't know about that. <laughs> okay, let's slide into star of the show, Dan. Who have you got? I can't go past Anthony Michael Hall. Johnny is definitely a, a strong second for giving us that discography of uh, amazing flicks that we grew up with. But on this revisit, absolute standout for me. For what Will said too, just some of his, the line delivery, like he's just got, but for a 16-year-old, perfect, perfect comedic chops. And uh, it was really evident in this revisit. Thank you, Anthony Michael Hall. Well played, Wilbur. Yeah, I have to second that. Anthony Michael Hall. I, I just think he was, he held it together and it was, in those quiet little moments, he just throw a line in there. I don't, and I don't know if many of them were scripted or if a lot of it he was just riffing, and they were just like, "We're keeping that." That was so good. I, I just, I just got the feeling that he was just in his zone, and he was in a run at the time with those movies, and I think he was just feeling it, and it delivered. Man, he was so good. I really liked his stuff. It's three from three. He's an absolute standout. Definitely the best actor in this ensemble. And the movie's not the same with with him in it, and I think if you take him out of it, it's a it's a worse movie. Yeah, uh, there's probably a couple other you could probably replace, and it'd be a better movie. But yeah. if you take him out, it's a worse movie. I also really like Vernon as well. I thought he was really the principal. I thought he was really good too. Yeah, got a couple uh, options for tonight. I'm happy for some feedback. Library Dutch ovens. Mm. Pieces of dandruff art. Oh, yeah. Scumbag bullies. It's got a good ring to it. Under table panty sniffs. Stereotypical characters. Bullshit happy endings. Oh, that's a that's almost a oh, I think no, it's gotta be under table panty sniffs for me. It has, to be. It has yeah. to be. Thank you, Daniel, for actually putting your foot down there. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I don't like sometimes, I don't really like putting my foot down very often. And I'm glad I didn't have to tonight because it was going to have to be under the table panty snips. <laughs> I agree. So grim. It, it is the grimmest part of the movie well, when before that the grimmest part was let's lock the doors and impregnate the prom queen. Yeah. So how do you up that? It was a high you bar. Sniffer box under yeah. the table. Oh, yeah. High bar. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to start with uh, you, the, the guest, Wilbur. How many under table panty sniffs are you giving the breakfast, the breakfast club? club? I wanted. To, I didn't want to make, go in with a preconceived rank in my head until I had the discussion with you two gentlemen, uh, namely because, um, you know, I didn't trust my emotions. I didn't, I didn't trust my, my head, well, you head can't about have it. A, a small base to one, 1.32 times to have yeah. seen it. It's difficult to process what a time capsule That's is. That's right. So no, yeah. Mate, just don't, don't hold back. Lay it on us. Yeah. Look, I think, um, it's, uh, it's gonna, okay. I'm just going to come straight out with Go it. For it. It's three point two five for me. Okay, that's that's strong. Yeah, yeah it's that's, that's pretty strong. Yeah. yeah, well, I I I'm not overlooking the the cultural significance of it, um, and I did sense it. I think there is there are a lot of good things about this movie, and they and it does um, it does tackle some good stuff in the movie. And I I mean it's probably Brian's act. Well, you know the character Brian, yeah. his acting drags it up. But also just young Amelia, I've got a heart for him. You know he's been around in a few movies I've seen in my childhood Definitely. since that point. Um, but yeah, 3.25. Well done. Dan, how many undertable panty stiffs are you giving the Breakfast Club? I am exactly on the knocker with Will. Uh, Plumber Lickouts and I are aligned on this one. 3.25 under the table panty snips. Yeah, I, I. it's more for the cultural relevance, more for the nostalgia. It's not quite... North Shore to me, I didn't absolutely froth out when I watched it this time, but I'm also not going to Marie Kondo it because I think it will be something I watch with my daughters at some stage in the not-too-distant future. Um, yeah, it was a, a apart from Bender and a, a lot of the, the cringy moments, uh, I definitely enjoyed watching it and was able to quote it pretty much verbatim. All right. I, okay, I've got a difficult relationship with The Breakfast Club. I'm giving this movie 2.75 under-table panty sniffs. Wow. Got that. I just found it a little annoying. Yeah. I found, I, I, and it's really Bender. I think if they had cast Bender with someone that could act yeah. and pull off the emotional range that he goes through, uh, I didn't believe the whole monologue of him talking about his parents, you know, bashing him and all this kind of stuff. I just didn't, thought it was, it was most it was most overacted part of the movie. It's abrasive. It, it is, and it just doesn't it doesn't sit with me well. So two point seven five for me now. Very interesting here. Last week the Hangover came in at three point zero eight. Oh, it's on the locker. Yeah. Now the Breakfast Club also comes in at three point zero eight under table panty sniffs. Wow, just above the Lost Boys. At three maggot fried rices and below North Shore at 3.13 yeah. Paul Delicious. Ah, that's all it is. That's all me. me. I that is a chicken up above this. I did that. <laughs> Daniel. Hey, mate. The people have spoken and Daniel, I told them all to get fucked. Let me just. And so en masse. If, if you had given that, even if you had given that a three, 
2.88. Oh, mate. If my it still rates pretty my fucking uncle. high. Exactly. Still rates pretty fucking high. You really destroyed that. Yep. Nah, Dan. What a shame. <laughs> Dan, if the damage breaks here. Don't be there. Don't be there. All right. Now, if you loved The Breakfast Club, what are you going to love? Wilbur. Well, you've already, you've already heard my list. I'll tell you Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Run with that. Napoleon and Juno. Yep. Give them a run. Good call. You'll love them. Daniel, you got anything? Yeah, I'd, I'd say, just go back to my list of uh, of teen movies, either Election, Booksmart, or the other one, because my brain is rooted. I can't remember what it was. Ladybird. But uh, they're mm. definitely the pick of the Oh, Ladybird. Ladybird. All excellent. Think all that? Worth a, a visit if you think fondly back on watching teen movies when you're a teen or as a 40-something-year-old. <laughs> All right, my go-to for this one is Heathers. Oh, uh, Ooh, Christian Heather, Slater. Christian yeah. Slater, Winona Ryder. Yeah. Cracking high school movie. Uh, very dark. Shannon, Shannon Doherty as Shannon well. Shannon Doherty, yep. Uh, it's really, really good fun. Uh, mm. It still holds up pretty well today, uh, even though Christian Slater is a bit out there. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian Slater fan. Yeah, no, I, 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 I yeah. in. You kept pump up the volume for six fucking months and cost me about eighty bucks in late fees. <laughs> <laughs> I know you love a Christian Slater movie. Yeah. Was he in Glee? Oh, he, invented, the he invented podcasting. Give him a fucking break. Well, yeah, well, you know, fuck him. Cost me eighty bucks. <laughs> All uh, right, now we well done, gentlemen. In the rear view is the Breakfast Club. Thank fucking God for that. Yeah. And next week we're looking to something which is going to be our Christmas movie of the year, although it's not a Christmas movie. Oh, really? This will be the movie that you people can sit around with your families on the twenty fifth and marvel at the wonder of this movie and how it changed the movie landscape forever. Pulp Fiction. Oh, oh, well, that's a big one. Yeah. So we are going big and going home in the same breath. We thought we haven't done a Quentin Tarantino movie at all. Wowzers. So we thought, why not We start... haven't done a Steven Seagal movie, which is more grating. <laughs> it is actually more grating. Uh, they're coming. I think January <laughs> might be Seagal month. Yeah. Well, oh. yeah, January's... January is probably the best. It generally is known as the throwaway bar. Look, all fiction next week. Yeah, it'll be, we're going to have a special guest actually with us flying all the way in from New Zealand. Oh, you about to say New York. No, in from New Zealand. Uh, Strangles is going to join us for all oh, fiction. Yeah, discerning uh, F-wit. Yes, that's like. it. Uh, Aiden, mm. Yeah, very discerning. He's uh, he's very excited to be to be doing Pulp Fiction. I can't wait to uh, to unpack this one. It's one of the greatest cinema events of my life and very memorable at uh, at, at uh, Ringham Hall. Mm. I saw that when it was released. And uh, Wilbur, mm. good job. Thanks, mate. Yeah, you are great job, mate. Much great improved. Job. Thank you, Dan. Much improved. Much improved. No. Oh, really? <laughs> You're, mate, you've either got it or you don't. You've got it, fella. I'm looking mate, forward good to tonight. a. Kick-ass credit song from you next time, uh, uh, maybe with an accompaniment as well. Would oh, work out will, some, will, some charts in here and and, uh, and uh, yeah, maybe some harmonies would be nice. Would you like to join us for a Seagal movie? I really would. Yeah, I yeah. think it'd be really great. Okay. I think that's yeah. the perfect, let's let's pet that in uh, for uh, early next year. Yeah, and we'll do and we'll definitely we'll pick. Uh, we might just start start with uh, with Seagal and work through with with Nico above the law. Nice, yeah, one yeah. of the great films. Under Siege is a great one. Under Siege is also a great good. One. Yeah, Derek, a, bit too, a bit too much Hollywood. 
Yeah. The the, the like underground the early ones. ones. Yeah. The early ones. Nico, hard to kill. Uh, yeah. Out for justice. Yes. Yeah. Bam, bam, bam. Bam, bam, Unbelievable. He was uh, pretty formidable. Hey, he was. Uh, great, great at throwing people. Yeah. Yeah. Just anyway. that. Till, till next week, Daniel, uh, you're going you're gonna to double up two in a row, which is going to be tough for you, so you best get to bed and rest up. I, I shall. Gentlemen, and what a pleasure. F Wits, great to hear me. I'll speak to you all soon. <laughs> and on that note, it is a bye for now. Hooroo. Rubber dub dub. Finish a grub. There's not a lot of love for the Breakfast Club. Rubber dub dub. Up in the club. Fist bumping in the air because Bender don't care. Rubber dub dub. Finish a grub. There's not enough love for the Breakfast Club. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Born to Watch. To join us on our journey into some of our favourite movies of all time, you can find us on all good podcast networks like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star review and share with your friends. 